0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street.
1: Why hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh
2: yes, wait right a minute, Mister Postman.
1: Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? going post door. A- what up? Not much, friend. How are you doing, sir?
2: Pretty good. It's a bit chilly out.
1: Oh, it's here. It's yeah, here. yeah. All yeah, the yeah. talk is over. It's, you know, there's not going to be one last kind of hot day or something i think it will it's i, know, I think man. it will a, when i woke when i walked outside the bell out this morning i was like whoo what time was that um like nine okay luckily i had my uh affirmative murder uh good vibe sweatshirt to keep you got yours so, yeah yes, yes mine so, so just
2: mine okay. just was uh shipped yesterday ship? yes i was yeah. like that's what's going on i should have been I, now i gotta call him because i'm like hey man look Level's i should have been first
1: do um, see how you could uh justify that being the case. But like I said, I walked outside it was, you know, I was perfectly warm and cuddly and snuggly and highly fashionable as well at the same time. It's kind of like the best of both worlds. So, it, you know, I am prepared for these cold winter months uh luckily with my with my fresh new merchandise, uh but other than that, how are you doing, man? What's going on with you? How's things down at the uh, PL? Um same old, <laughs> same old. <laughs> ain't nothing new,
2: <laughs> ain't nothing changed. The usual. Uh uh it's still uh a hellhole, okay, I would wow. say. <laughs> that's, that's a description. <laughs> but that's a description. I'm here. Have I'm, you I'm, have I'm,
1: the have the processes of uh, sh- you know h- ship handling and and funneling through these ballots ha- happened yet? What do you mean? Are you guys dealing with that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. go and like open up the box and get the? is the that, blue boxes? Is that the job of the is that the job of the post of a postal worker? The blue box. I, I, they're like the federal boxes. Like I voted on Friday and I had to drop it off to like an official government box. Do you go is it, or not you specifically? No, is that, no. Is that like handled by government officials? I, I think guess? so. Yeah. Okay. So that I
2: so haven't seen. It, I don't know what that box. Is, so that, what's yeah. the
1: whole thing of? Oh, I guess they mean because some people will be dropping off their mail, their votes into the mailbox. In the mailbox. Yes. Okay. Well, they have also have official voting boxes. Oh,
2: okay, I haven't yeah. seen those.
1: Like on the state government website of whatever state you're living, they'll tell you the location. They'll locations let you know well? the closest ones, and you can go and just drop it off in an official voting box. But some people are stamping up there. Uh, mail in votes and dropping them off in the know. mailbox, yeah. And then you would that be the job we, of the postal worker, yes. Okay, that's how that works, yeah. So, how, what have you experienced? Like, is there like a government official on hand? Like, oh, what, I don't know anything about that. You haven't you haven't had to handle any of them yet? Mm-mm.
2: Wow, we've the only ones that I handle is the ones that come in from that just go through us, that right? They put in people have them out in their mailbox. I'll take what, them. What do you do with them? Just put them in outgoing mail, and they do.
1: I, I, I it's a then people they
2: send do it downtown. Them. That's where usually all the mail okay, goes again. that's and then, what I was kind of wondering. Yeah, I was like, what goes, is the
1: what's, the what's the like transit system? So it's like Yeah, it so used
2: about, to be, well, when it's first the whole mail in ballot thing first started, we used to have to separate it from regular outgoing mail. That's what I would assume would just Yeah, be the but case. now it's like they change rules every day. We get a new we got a new postmaster already. We just got a new one like t- 5 months ago. Oh wow. Um, so, it like, it's like, stuff is always changing. Like, different postmasters have their own little thing they, they focus on
1: most. Oh, the different tactics. Yeah, because okay, they, they always,
2: they always jump around. Like, the first one we had was from Seattle. This one is from, like, Virginia. Okay. They all, they jump around. But, anywho, um, yeah, we used to separate them. Now, we just, they all go together, and they, they handle it downtown.
3: That's that's like and a messy that system. Is it. <laughs> it is a messy system. <laughs> okay. Nothing...
2: I'm not even going to bash, so I'm not even going It might backfire already <laughs> so I'm not even going to say anything. But other than that, I'm good. I'm here. Um, did you watch the debate? I didn't.
1: Oh, no, man. <laughs> no, man. I caught some of the highlights. Uh, that dude's nuts. And um, I think I think they're both just kind of meh. Yeah. Actually, no. Let me take that back. Joe Biden is meh. Donald Trump is an insane person. Um, so that's kind of the battle. He might be the devil. It's very much. You know what? He's not the devil. You know what it is? He is so blatantly out for self. And yet he's convinced all these people that, you know, he's their guy and he's out working for them. And then, you know, he's spreading these conspiracy theories. And then every day he spreads a new conspiracy theories, a, a new thing about him comes out.
2: I did want to mention. I think I brought this up to you before. I don't know if it was on here or off air. The Trump flags. Is in full effect. Oh no! It, it's the shit I, I've never seen you anything know like sad, this before. The saddest man.
1: thing is seeing like the pe- the like the the the, the, the smatterings of uh, Biden Harris flags. Yeah, because it's just nobody's that enthused about Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris. You know, it's like but you seen it. You seen it's it like just to combat the 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 Trump flag. Yeah, but
2: you, now I've been seeing like at work, you see there are blocks with every other house have a flag or some yeah, type yeah, of yeah. yard thing, and then it's like another house next to it has like a a, a little small petite looking. Biden for president thing yeah, yeah, is like yeah, yeah. it's the Trump flags is 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 on another level. I've I've never seen something it's, like it's, this
1: before. Well, he turned he turned politics into sports.
2: It's and, crazy. And flags, yeah, full they, on flags. The same way you'd see a, a Ravens flag next to that, you know, and the Confederate flag oh, and an yeah, American yeah. flag. They go hand in hand. My um, goodness, man.
1: Yeah, no, he he's turned politics into sports. I don't really see how you go back to normal from here. I assume that that's with quote unquote normal politicians, but he's kind of opened the floodgates for other crazy ass people to be running for office that say wild shit. So, and then turn it into sports again, where, you know, before politics was just like, you believe in these things. And so you're voting based on that. Or you, you know, you don't believe in these things. So you're not voting based on that. Now it's like, you know, sleepy Joe Biden. and Donald Trump is this. It's so personality based. And if that was what was on the ballot, uh, I think that, you know, Donald Trump has more of a, rabid fan base yeah but also because of that what's also on the ballot is the people who who are turned off by his personality yeah so this really isn't it's really is like a small percentage of people who maybe actually like joe biden and like kamala harrison are voting for them based on their policies that they have laid out Mm. most people that are voting for about joe biden are voting against donald trump yeah and then everybody who's voting for donald trump is all the way in it's there's nobody like anybody who's undecided at this point. I don't I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear, like, what your reason for being undecided is. But I feel like if you're undecided at this point, it's like I find Joe Biden to be terrible and I find Donald Trump to be terrible. Trump, well, they,
2: they went Biden. at like Ice Cube because he said he wasn't voting for Biden.
1: Well, they went to Ice Cube for a lot of reasons.
2: But yeah, what? but I feel like they were saying like, hey, well, we need you to vote for this person. So this person doesn't doesn't matter if you don't like. Biden's policies, but we need you to vote for him so this other guy doesn't get in. Yes, and and I don't think that's a that's a legit argument to make.
1: It's not. And um, you know what we're here. Let's talk about it. And the, the election's like a week from now, so we can talk about all this shit. I don't, whatever. Um, Chance the Rapper came out and said something a couple years ago in defense of Kanye West, mm-hmm. which at this point is a complete waste of time. He did Joe. He did Joe Rogan's podcast recently. Oh, cool. Chance. No, Kanye West. Kanye West. Okay. I tried to listen to it, and it that. was officially. <laughs> it was officially me realizing. That uh, Kanye West is a guy who is like, um, kind of. Uh, he has a creative mind, yeah. So he thinks about. He he really is good at a couple of things, mm-hmm. but he thinks he's like a revolutionary genius. I saw
2: you tweet that he his the way he thinks reminds me of Kyrie. Yeah, in a way,
1: it's like you you say a whole bunch of shit, but you didn't really say anything exactly, and that's what the whole Joe Rogan interview was. Mm. He was talking about the Star Wars prequels. Joe uh, Rogan tried to give him an out on the um. The uh, slavery was a choice kind of thing, which everybody heard the clip and Joe Rogan turned it into like he was talking about well, you were talking about contracts. Right. And people took it out of context. And it's like everybody saw the video, man. Like, don't try to gaslight people into thinking like we we jumped the shark and misconstrued what he was trying to say. It's on the person's words and the person who's saying the things to make sure that they're conveying what they're trying to say uh, properly. If they don't do that, the onus is on them that they said something wrong. It's not like, Oh, we heard it wrong.
2: So, but he tried to throw him a fastball though. Right. He tried to say,
1: here. no, no Joe, it, was, it wasn't like, Oh, no, here, no. fix it.
2: What you said. No, he
1: was like, you oh. said it. I know it. He was oh. like, I know, it's, <laughs> okay. I, I know what you try. It, it was almost like, let's say I go, um, if, like say, let's say a little kid, it, you know, let's say Sophia, you guys are out in public mm-hmm. and, and she, she sees a dude who may be like, had a scar on his face or something like yeah. that, and she goes, "That man's scary looking, mm-hmm. right?" And then he's offended, and then you go, "No, Sophia, what you meant was he's scary looking because he because he's so in shape and um he looks like he can really fight really oh. well." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, not what that's, I meant. That's no, but like she's like, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Oh, okay, oh, you give you. her an out. Oh, okay, to not offend, to not defend. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So he gave him an out, and then most of the time Kanye West was just talking over Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan was like. Yeah, all right, man, cool. He brought up those little ugly shoes and all that stuff. My point is, Chance the Rapper, while Kanye West was just newly going into, what is this dude talking about, territory? Mm -hmm. Uh, Chance the Rapper was like, you know that uh, if you're black, you don't have to vote Democrat, right? And people killed him, right? Everybody knows that, Chance. What are you talking about? Why are you just defending uh, Kanye West by just saying stupid things? But what he did was he shined a light on a very true thing because a lot of black people do just vote Democrat because... That's just how that they've been voting. Their grandmother voted Democrat. Their mom d- voted Democrat and all this kind of stuff. He got killed for that. Mm-hmm. But it was some truth to that, right? Ice Cube was basically, all he was saying was, um, I don't care Democrat or Republican. I'm looking for what the policies are for black people. Yeah. Now, my whole thing is, I don't want Ice Cube making decisions about how the country's governed for black people at all. Yeah. Make your, mu- your movies and write your rap songs and be for the people. That's cool. Fist up but the president shouldn't be calling ice cube in to have meetings about policies yeah right but i think ice cube really you know he thought highly of himself which that's fine and people killed him because he's he uh wanted to work with whoever's in power because what happened was he said he reached out to the democrats and they said let's wait till after the ele- the election mm-hmm. and the trump administration was like yeah come on come you know we take some photos you know da-da-da-da-da. and what happened was his his intentions may have been pure, but he got played. They as soon as he the, the meeting was finished, all these different surrogates for Trump were like, "Thanks to Ice Cube for being, oh, yeah. you know, right on being on Trump's team." You're, you know, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" How didn't you see that coming? Because I think he just thought he was gonna try to, you know, push through some policies for Black people. His intentions were pure, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's on the internet getting killed. And I'm like, Ice Cube has been a revolutionary since the '90s. That man. reminds me of
2: the Jay Z thing. Like that's it? a whole different when he tried the the whole NFL thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's like um, there's a lot of people who um, try to pick up the baton. I get it, and they might not be the guy to pick up the baton. Yeah, I don't think Ice Cube's the guy to like lead the revolution. He can yeah. he can disseminate the information or or shine a light on the person who is supposed to lead the revolution. Yeah. But Ice Cube should not be brought up to the to the White House to talk about policies for Black people. And what that is really is that's what Donald Trump sees Black people as. Just entertainment like laughing funny Mm -hmm. rap whatever that's why you only see Kanye West and Ice Cube and Kim Kardashian and Jim Brown and Ray Lewis and you know where are the people who like are out speaking to the people yeah who are who have committed their life to this not our entertainers who are like you know man black people having a hard time I think you should give us jobs and he's like comes up there's like okay cool we're going to give black people jobs and you know I get
2: it but that's a different viewpoint from an entertainer than a regular
1: african american citizen oh absolutely cuz the life
2: their lifestyle is different yeah. they, are, they are already You got you know, people are struggling you can, you can have yeah. the
1: you can have the emotion of it but like i don't know how much you really know about the day to day struggles exactly. of a black person exactly. that's absolutely yeah. true but um same thing with 50 cent and i think 50 cent kind of got attacked with the whole the, the pc uh movement and the woke movement is is very there's no room for really joking. Mm. And I think 50 Cent was making a joke. He's saying, I'm rich and I don't want to get taxed 62%. So I'm voting for Donald Trump. And yeah. then it's like, he's a, he's 50 Cent's a racist. Cool it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's really, and I don't think it's as serious as people. Um, There's a lot of black uh, conservative people who are acting like they're martyrs, like black people are throwing bricks at them for voting Republican or yeah. whatever. And I mean, aside from you getting clowned, like I definitely think it's, you know, if you, if you are a a, a loud, uh, black conservative in this climate you definitely are getting clowned on for the most part because it's like what are you doing but a lot of those people like i said at the beginning of this whole thing are just like no man black people democrats are for black people and republicans are racist and that's kind of the way that the system has been disseminated to people of color from any walks of life you know hispanic or whatever now i'm of the belief that fuck them all you know vote yeah. for your interests And I can't fault anybody who tells me um, I own a business and X candidate is, you know, going to lower taxes for business owners and whatever. I go, okay, cool. But when you start getting into conspiracy theories and Joe Biden drinks kids blood and Donald Trump is he Russia has uh, tapes of him peeing on people. I'm like, what? What are you? Why are you voting for the person? That's where I'm at now. The reason I'm voting for Joe Biden. Is because I think Donald Trump is an embarrassment, and he's abhorrent, and um, he says really inflammatory things that I think could be dangerous for this country. And there's people that got to go lace up their boots and go fight these wars that he's talking about. When he's on the front lawn talking about China's soft, they're bitch made, you know, we got the, we got bigger guns, they don't want to fuck with us. If that shit kicks off into something, your son has to go fight that war. Yeah. Donald Trump hasn't got to get a gun and go sh- shoot anybody. Right. So I think that that type of shit is dangerous. I think being flamboyant and bolsterous and talking crazy on TV is not what a president should be doing. And I and I I don't want it anymore. Yeah. That's why I'm voting uh, against I'm a I'm a voting against Donald Trump, uh, Biden, Biden voting.
2: Put everybody's life in danger, in danger.
1: Yeah, so that's that's where I stand, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, we're not a political podcast. That's not, but I mean, like I said, the election is uh, two weeks away. Also, yes. slash, um, this I bought all this equipment and I can talk about whatever the fuck I want to. So yeah. if you don't like it, you can. Well, I felt like
2: thing, it so. was. We are African American people, and I feel like we I, we should have brought it up and talked about it. It's, it's Even important. if people don't want to hear, it, I it's mean, important. you can. You, we'll put a description. You can skip this part, but yeah, sure, I won't do that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, we yeah. should we should speak on it a little yeah,
1: bit for sure. But um, in, in other news slash just another just to move change topics. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we were talking about your job and everything like that, I would like to know what was what are some of the key moments that you when you realized that you aren't young young anymore.
2: Ooh, um. Ch- 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 ch-
1: this y- goes for anybody listening. Young, well. young anymore. Young, young anymore. Like me, um, like I was at work and I fell. Right, I like tripped. I tripped and stumbled. Yeah, and like nobody laughed. Hmm. Like people are like, "Oh man, are you all right?" <laughs> but it's like I think it's it's like, oh, you might have got hurt because this yeah. isn't a seventeen-year-old kid falling. Yeah. If that, if we were all.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh ha <laughs> Yeah. I was gonna point out People like concern
1: for me, is like, oh.
2: Yeah, I was gonna point out like the physical thing also. Maybe yeah. like um I don't the energy I used to have is not there anymore as far as like I used to be able to go to work and then maybe go hoop for like six hours after that.
1: huh mm-hmm. Nah. <sighs> I I ruptured my Achilles <laughs> doing that. And that happen. was also another day I recognized. But also it's some days I might, you know, I used to just like I almost I used to practice like when I wake up, I used to try to like Put my hands back behind my head and do the the ninja kick out of bed. Mm. Huh! You know, like
2: yeah, you do your feet first.
1: Yeah, do yeah, yeah. the little the momentum and you kind of snake up to your feet. Yeah. Now you know on some days I wake up you kind of. Uh, yeah. Crack. It's every you know, it's crack.
2: every every morning, bro. Uh, I get up and it's crack back. I was like, oh yeah, and it goes. Ugh, like yeah, it was like a lot of, type of relief. Yeah, my body makes a lot of
1: involuntary noises. Yeah, like yeah. last night we were watching a um, TV show and I went to go get up to get some water and, I just, and when I went to get off the couch, I just went, huh? Yeah, Like you just make noises like that. Now, I didn't plan to make that no. noise. Your body's just like, this is a thing you're doing. It's not effortless anymore. It's a
2: lot of, yeah. Like, whoa,
1: yeah what a lot the of, fuck? Yeah, my mm-hmm. shoulder, like what the fuck was that? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we're in our late 20s. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I just want to I'm floating that question out there to anybody <laughs> listening like what's that moment you know where you go like when, like the first time a kid is like excuse me sir you yeah. like, oh um, damn shit You're, you look I look older to you yeah you know that that was a, a hit and then uh, this last past birthday Sierra did some cute stuff but for the most part she just got me like some candy and mm-hmm. like uh, some shirts and I was like thank you yeah like I wasn't like, where's the like the big gift? Yeah, you just kind of. Well, it's different. It's it's
2: really it really hits you when you got kids. It like for Christmas you'll get like a car and it's like, like where's the <laughs> There's no what's money in it? Yet. And then Sophie get a car, money, and I'm like,
1: <laughs> what the fuck, grandma? What? I was here first. <laughs> I'm still I'm the I'm the first generation <laughs> right. grandchild. I can't get a twenty five dollars gift can't card something? or
2: something. Yeah, it's Damn, I can't get. Uh, twenty nine dollars for my 29th birthday, something?
1: (laughs) Nah, you don't get those. That ends at like eighteen. I think that's the official date of the getting the money for the age thing. (laughs) It's eighteen. I've never gotten twenty. I didn't get twenty three dollars. I didn't get twenty five dollars. I don't expect to get twenty nine dollars. It's just I think eighteen is the cutoff (laughs) for that shit, and it's over with. (laughs) Damn, man. Yeah, man, shit is real, man. (laughs) But at at the same time, I still appreciate our youth. Like we're not. There are people listening to this that are like, shut up. Yeah, I'm 38, and, yeah. And, and you know, and and older than but 38 is
2: not, it's not old.
1: No, I'm just now, saying, you're not a kid anymore. One time, my hope, that's my
2: hope. One time, I I don't know if I was with you, but somebody I was like, we was like hanging out, and I was like, I think we was like 22, maybe, and I was like, yeah, when you hit 30, it's you pretty much old at that point. And oh, somebody wowed me.
1: That's the that's 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 <laughs> and, the ignorance of youth.
2: Yeah, and then and now I'm like, 30 ain't old. What no. are they talking about?
1: In reverse, <laughs> in, in reverse of that, even I remember one time we were into the movies. And we had we couldn't have been any older than 16 years old. And I went to go try to get a girl's phone number and she she pointed to her finger. Yeah. As if she was engaged. Yeah. Now, looking back on it, I'm starting to be skeptical that she might not have been engaged. Yeah. Because she looked like she was our age. Right. But I just kind of you just kind of accept that. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I learned those kind of moves that women will do. Yeah. Put on a ring. Could
2: have been like grandma's ring or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's just I have this on so guys don't talk to me. Yeah, I can do that move. Yeah, Because it would be weird if we were both 15 and she was engaged. Yeah.
2: We blew it up, though. We definitely blew it up.
1: Like, oh, she's very old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah it, it was, oh, funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that she was actually engaged, though. So I don't think it was... Alright. You know, how 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 embarrassed could I be? Sorry. Still got rejected. I, she was a spoken lady. No, sure. no, I didn't get rejected. <laughs> okay. She isn't of she wasn't available. All right. That's not getting rejected. Okay.
2: But you just said, now you think about it, you don't think she was engaged.
1: I it doesn't matter what <laughs> I said in the moment, that's what I thought. Alright. I went, Oh, she's engaged. Okay, that's cool. She's you know, has a husband to yeah. be and But you just fine. said reflection now. Reflection reveals a lot of things. I right. reflected on the story I revealed last week about the young girl who um said psych when she told me that she liked me, and I still hold firm that um I think she just wasn't ready for those feelings and I was moving out of the town yeah and that I think that that's what that was yeah and, um, I doubt
2: it she could have reached out to you at some point Facebook Instagram
1: When at eight <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we liked each other that much, but she would have reached out to me on my space six years later it's
2: cool, possibly
1: I mean, I guess if I was that fly, yeah. you know, you're not going to make me <laughs> feel worse and continue to affect my, my how I feel about myself, my <laughs> self-confidence. Um, uh, before we move on to uh, our celebrations, I wanted to uh, take the time out because my affirmative murder this week is kind of in the vein of this. Um, I felt like it was important to bring up. Uh, scientists and archaeologists in Tulsa have um, found a mass grave From the 1921 uh, Tulsa Race Massacre, Mm -hmm. which has been getting a lot of light shined on these black run shows as of late, such as uh, Lovecraft Country and um, uh, The the Watchmen, which is also a good show, starring Regina King, Regina Ben King. Um, And, you know, they found at least 10 coffins that were unmarked. Mm. That's so. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know anything about the Tulsa Race Riots, it was a absolute massacre. Um, a black town that was as far as from any accounts I was able to find was absolutely thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some kind of incident where I think uh, they thought a white person got killed by a black person and it sparked an absolute riot from the neighboring town yeah. of white people. And they came in and just burned everything. down. Yeah. Yeah. They destroyed the whole town and they uh, through doing, uh, you know, excavating and digging are finding remnants and artifacts and all kind of. It feels weird to say artifacts from something that was a hundred years ago. It wasn't that long ago, um, but that's what they are. I mean, you know, you've seen like burnt up, you know, remains of buildings and things like that. And I had feelings about. I remember I, I, I spoke briefly on here about. There's a monument in Montgomery, Alabama, to uh, the lynchings that took place in this country to black people and to slavery. And there's all these beautiful statues and everything. But I would always go. I'm not going to Alabama, man. Yeah. But as of late, just seeing um all this stuff kind of depicted in cinema as far as like watching Lovecraft Country and they have a whole episode where they go to 1921 uh Tulsa and depict that riot mm-hmm. and you go, I feel drawn to um go and pay my respects yeah, right so in the next couple of years, I would like to go to Montgomery, Alabama.
2: Let's go I want to go
1: yeah, I would like to, yeah. go to I would like to go to Montgomery, Alabama, and just go see this museum. Because I don't know why it's in Montgomery. I think I know. I think I know why it's in Montgomery, Alabama, because there's so much history as far as the civil rights movement and things like that, that the blood, literal blood is in the soil of that place. And I think they wanted to kind of make that the hub because so much history happened there. But like Montgomery, Alabama isn't exactly a tourist hotspot. Right. But that's no reason for me not to go pay my respects. And to anybody who lives in Oklahoma or near Oklahoma, I don't think I don't think that there's any kind of Tulsa you know, uh, um, um, like commemorative area or museum or something like that. But if there is one, I would like to go pay visit to that too and just walk those streets and experience that. I don't know. I just feel called to that kind of thing. I think that, you know, we discuss on this a lot about how, you know, like how far back do you know on either your dad or your mom's side, like how far back can you go? Like a grandparent where outside of great – you go this she was a, a seamstress or her name was this or his name was that
2: just my great grandma about it yeah and like that's you it. met her right or yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
1: yeah. that's what i mean like i i don't know anything yeah after her and, i don't know anybody else and I feel, I feel i feel as of i feel more drawn but to but it would not be anything. possible so it, it would be possible i mean you could do an an, ancestry, an ancestry. i'm
2: ta- oh you talking about like i'm talking about like physically i mean like you know for us, we wouldn't be no, able to do No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm just saying I'm just saying what, what comes you. with that yeah, yeah, yeah. is
1: a, a, a knowing of self. Like yeah, if yeah. you know who your great 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 grandfather is, he came over here from uh, you know, Haiti. He just was knowing about the person. yeah. Because yeah, you him, might yeah. go, yeah, I don't know. We just are descendants of slaves. Yeah. But you might go do some research and find out, you know, your great 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 or your great great grandfather. Lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma and was a doctor, a local doctor. But again, you don't, you don't, I don't know. We don't know, you know, and that's a lot of black people's story. You just go, I know what my parent told me or my grandparent told me. And the, the only, the, I only know about the people that people met. Yeah. So, if you're by by the time I was any kind of real age my great great grandmother was dead, yeah, I remember maybe meeting her a couple of times at some events, but it wasn't it wasn't like she was like, "My mother flores, and then you pass on that, yeah, like there's no it doesn't go any further back than great great for me, you know, so I don't know the history I don't you know i, I I'm so quick to say like I don't know uh, I, probably a descendant of a slave, mm. but I don't know that to be fact, right, and I would like to learn that so and I'm being called to all these like African American historic spots and th- this information and all this kind of stuff. And I feel drawn to Montgomery, Alabama. I'd like to go visit there sometime in the, in the near future, maybe the next couple of years, and just kind of soak that in. But I saw it, some how can you find the, that
2: out though? Like by taking like one of them 23andMe things. You type can do 23
1: me, but they also have like Ancestry.com, oh. which I don't think they do any genetics. They just go off of your name. Name, okay. Yeah. Now, the difficulty with that is. If you are a descendant of slaves and you came over here and they changed your name at a plantation, that's deep diving because mm. they might only be able to go back to great, so far, great, yeah. Just like the Williams name, we traced it back to John Williams. He was a slave owner and he changed your great, great grandfather's name to this, to Williams. So we don't know what your original name was. Mm. So that's where you run into trouble. Same thing with Native American people here. You know, they were. But first- how do they
2: match that with who named Williams though? How does that? How does that even work?
1: Well, it's all it's all it's a family tree. Okay. So if you if your family tree only goes back to your great grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. They find out who your great great grandmother is, okay. and then they find out who her parent is. You and said they,
2: you said names, so that's what threw me off. Because I'm like, it's it's more. You're not the only person. Name Williams. I mean, like names
1: and of your lineage. Of your lineage. Okay, I mean, gotcha. Like any, okay, yeah, I'm about Williams, to be, yeah. Yeah, you know, it'd be like who's like your a dad? Tree of and a yeah, like Williams? Yeah, no, just... yeah, no, Ricky Williams. <laughs> yeah, no, Haley Williams from No, no, no. It would be like who's your dad? Yeah. And then who's your dad's dad? And then who's your dad's dad's dad? And yeah. then keep going back to that and as take it back as far as they can take it. So anybody who has any re- uh, information on that kind of stuff, I don't I've never really dealt with ancestry.com, but I would like to be, you know, put down with that and really understand yeah. how that stuff works. And um, take that journey because I, I, you know, I and I feel like it. It it's like an institutional programming thing that I always, my whole life, I just go well, you know, whenever like you know, you're 15. I went to like a predominantly white school, and they're like, you know, oh, I'm German. Uh, I'm 25 uh, percent Irish and French, and this. What about yeah, yeah, yeah. you? I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm black. black. I'm black, yep. and I don't know, man. That's like, it. <laughs> my grandfather's from Virginia. I don't know. Yeah. And then to yourself, you go like, I don't know, slaves. I mean, probably just slave. You just go back to. You're a descendant of slaves, yeah. and it's that's so defeatist. Yeah,
2: I'm black. Yeah, so.
1: like your history says so. It tells you so much about like what's running through your veins, like yeah. what greatness is running through your veins. And not to say that slavery; those people weren't great. I mean, they, what they what they dealt with was some of the most torturous things. The like chattel slavery is one of the worst things that ever happened in the world. But those people were also more than that.
3: Yeah.
2: Helped build his
1: country. Exactly. But also, like, what if my great-great-great-grandfather was not uh, just a slave, or maybe wasn't a slave at all, but, like, played the fiddle? Yeah. Or was a great guitarist? Or was really, you know, he did radio, yeah. right? And then you go, maybe that's why that's I why like I to did. do yeah. You know, yeah. you, you, those things can help you help you really understand yourself. Yeah. So I'm really interested in taking that journey. And if, if anybody has any information about that, I would love to um really dive into that and really explore. But... Um, let's get out of that. You know, we've been rambling a bit. I had some um, suggestions for some TV, but I'll make those at the end uh, because Fran, uh, we have some celebrating to do. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, it just keep you know, and, and as much we appreciate it, man. People keep coming. People are you know enjoying the content. Yeah. Fran on film, people are really enjoying that. It's <laughs> it's a crazy wild. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a fever dream of excitement and confusion and fear, and people have really been enjoying that, and I hope they continue to. Yeah. If you have, if you
2: guys know any producers, let them know. Call them. Just direct the movies. I got ideas. You, uh, you share? Oh, oh, you definitely
1: you definitely have ideas. I'm
2: I'm a I'ma pitch I'm a pitch some of these movies, man. I'm gonna sell them and then they can do they can change them as much as they want once I get my money in my pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they can do whatever they want once they can once change they, it. once they pay you. Yeah.
2: This is this is the idea. Do what you, you wanna pay me. Uh huh. You can have it. You can switch it as much as you want.
1: Yeah, you oh you just laid out the you laid out the foundation. The foundation down, of it, yeah. And then they can change they can it out of it once the check.
2: Leaves. Once I get my check. I respect that. <laughs> they can call me when they want a new one I, I got them on deck man you do
1: have them for days for yes. sure i would love to uh see um as far as a friend on film every every once in a while maybe we'll start doing just like just make up the whole thing what do you mean the title the whole movie yeah like yeah. the title everything oh as like we, my own title yeah like a oh, whole yeah. movie yeah uh you know but we'll get there we'll keep doing what yeah. we're doing and maybe we'll do i gotta things. keep limited
2: because i gotta make sure the the title that you give me sticks with the, it connects with the movie.
1: Got it. But yeah. if I
2: get my own, oh.
1: You can go crazy. I got ideas in the notes.
2: So crazy. we've been getting,
1: uh, that, t- that terrifies me. So we've been getting tame, Fran. You haven't even really gone full unleashed. You've been keeping your ideas kind of tame because you have to stick to the title. Of the the, yeah. Movie. Wow. That's, I came
2: on a movie yesterday and I was like, I can't use it because of the, the title that you give me. I can't. So I just, I just keep it in my notes.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea we were getting like a controlled, tame Fran. Yeah, man. That, that, I found
2: some and I let it go and then. As throughout the day, I go,
1: oh, bang, yeah. All it's right. pretty
2: cool. I never knew I had that talent.
1: I'm glad that <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this podcast can help you uh, realize, have that self realization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as, uh, let's get into this, man. Uh, as far as celebrations go, where are we starting at? Last week we ended. The last person that we did was Tess of Alaska. Boom. Okay. Also, hey, we shout <laughs> another shout out to Tess of Alaska. I hope you're I hope you're holding things down over there and uh, you know uh, keeping those bears in check. Uh, up first, we got Sage. No sage. last name, no initial, just Sage. I like okay. that. It's very earthy. Yeah. I bet she shops at Anthropology. Mm. Or they. I don't. I can't really see the picture. I bet they shop at Anthropology. Shout out to them. Uh, up next, we got Shanna h Shanna h now it's only one n so that could be shana so either Shayna or Shanna. okay shout out to you either way other, yeah. both in the same maybe you maybe you go by either one uh up next we got brittany w not brittany Celebration. brittany uh shout out to you brittany and thank you for the support up next we got elise k shout out to you Elise. thank you very much for your donation and thank you very much for your support up next we got steph e shout out to you steph e we appreciate you greatly thank you shout out to you there's no picture she didn't even have like they have like default ones of foxes and whatnot nothing up next we got rebecca w shout out to you rebecca w thank you very much you are a serial killer and we appreciate it serial with a c of course up next we got alicia s shout out to you alicia s thank you for your support your picture appears to be black and white it's very noir of you it's very artsy and we appreciate that Uh, up next we got breezy m breezy breezy easy breezy beautiful we appreciate you shout out to you thank you Uh, very much Uh, up next we got Bronwyn I read an email of hers a uh, a couple weeks back um uh,
2: Bronwyn yeah
1: Bronwyn I can't remember what the subject of it was but she may have promised to send us some candy so Bronwyn you're on the clock the Reese's Maybe Canadian Kit Kats. Okay, but I could be wrong. Uh, Either one, i mean eating them I, all. Nebraman might have been the one that was like, you know, I live in Toronto, home of the Toronto Raptors, champions. And we were like, um, the Lakers are the champions. <laughs> um, but shout out to you, Nebraman. Thank shout you for out. the support, and we gr- appreciate you greatly. Up next, we got Helen H. Okay, shout out to you, Helen Hela H. H-, H-, H- Hella H. Oh, Hella. Oh, oh no, wait, it's, what is it's Helen? Oh, okay it's Helen. There's nobody named Hella. They're definitely from California if their name's Hella. Yeah, uh, like, I'm Hella <laughs> Stevenson. Yeah. Um, shout out to you, Helen. H. Thank you very much for your support. Up next we got Caitlin S. Caitlin. Oh yeah. Caitlin with the what? With an Oh with a C.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Caitlin All with right.
1: a C. Uh, up next we got Audrey Audrey R. Audrey that's, R. That's, yeah. Sometimes that name a tongue to us. Yeah, Audrey R. Shout out to you, Audrey R. Up next, we got Jenny R. Shout out to you, Jenny R. Greatly appreciate you. Thanks for the support. Lastly, I can't tell if this is a clever way to uh, promote their business or if this is just the things that they're interested in. Uh, Our last Patreon supporter is Love Paper Paint. That's their name. I love it. If it is a plug, if that's the kind of business you have, well played. If those are just things that you're interested in, I'd love an explanation. Because how, how interesting is paper? Well, then again, if you love paper and paint, that's art. Yeah. Touche. I think I just figured it out. Okay. Shout out to you love Was paper. it that hard? I don't know. I just thought of, you know how there's like live, laugh, love. Yeah. I thought it was like love, paper, paint. Okay. Like they're all independent of each other. And I was like. But they all okay. connect
2: some type of way. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, I Actually, I'm just kind of connecting that love, live, laugh, love kind of thing. Yeah. That's what you should do in life. Yeah. I thought I was just saying like independently. This is what you like, laugh, love. Oh, okay. But love, paper, paint—they all kind of coincide with each other. Yeah. As doves, live, when laugh, you, and Because when love. you paint on paper, you love it. You love it. Damn, you! Know, I didn't do the science. Yeah, I didn't do the science. That's on me. Mm-hmm. Either way, shout out to you. It's all good though. And thank you, greatly appreciated to all of those people I just named.
2: He got the right button this time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, man, I was doing some practice in I will you hope so. You just kind of get, get it tight. You know, got to make sure you, you know you're not making any kind of mistakes. Um. But yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, it's France's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. I know that for a fact because I did the research. And uh, so stick around.
2: Affirmative Murder is brought to you by Bright Cellars.
1: Bright Cellars is the wine subscription service that helps you find the wines you love without the normal intimidation and wine pretentiousness you're used to. Whether you are a new wine drinker or someone who's been drinking wine for years, Bright Sellers will pair you with unique wines based on your taste profile. They use a seven-question quiz to match you with personalized wines and curate an exclusive experience. Each box comes with wine education cards that provide material on tasting notes, food pairings, serving temperatures, and much more. Plus, Bright Sellers personalizes your wine box around your schedule by sending you wine when you're ready.
2: I'm not a big wine drinker. I'm more of an occasional wine drinker, but... But with Bright Sellers, you get on there, you take a quick seven-seven question quiz. Uh-huh. The first question was like, "What is your favorite candy?" Yeah, which was Reese's. Uh-huh. Had me hooked.
1: When I took the test, I knew that was going to be the one. You picked
2: yeah, had me hooked, but I do like it because um, you you can customize your your subscription box, so yeah. it's like maybe me just getting into it and wanting to learn more about wine and the yeah. taste and all that. You can I do like I try to do like one a month for sure, me and stuff. Sure. I want to hoard boxes. Okay. Yeah, I don't want a whole bunch of wine. Um, but they got these these cool cards where it tells you where it's from. Yep. What pair with it? The mm-hmm. taste is in it. The name I like the cool names. I'm just trying to learn about wine, so when yeah. I speak to these higher up people, uh-huh, yeah, I can bright. say the names yes. or I can when they say it, I know what they're talking about. Have you had a Hazel Air? Yes, yes. Yeah. Before 20, before Bryce Sellers. Twenty nineteen. Before Bright Sellers, they they'll say a wine name lost don't yeah. know what's talking about don't know nothing about the taste Now you
1: know ones people might not even know about yet
2: but, but bright sellers is super dope i love it now i'm really getting into wine i think anybody should re- i recommend it to
1: anybody yeah for sure i would say that for me personally wine always seemed like oh that's for rich people yeah but what bright sellers has done is they've they've simplified that and made it accessible to the average person who just wants to develop their palate learn about different complexities, different varieties, and really get an education on wine. And it doesn't feel so exclusionary and elitist. They made it feel like that anybody can drink wine and develop their palate and learn about wines. And, you know, that's really big because, you know, when you hear the word wine, you think about, you know, fancy this and gowns and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, you can just, it's a pandemic right now. You can just drink wine in your house. You can learn about wine and you can just be in your pajamas drinking wine. It's not this fancy thing that needs to be, you know, taken so seriously, they've really made drinking wine fun.
2: See, I'm usually a, a white wine guy. For sure. But with bright cellars, they make you step out of your comfort zone. Yes. And we are I am now trying um a Pinot Noir. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, Pinot Noir. The name yeah. is actually Hazel Air. Uh-huh. It's the name that's on the card. It has the black cherry. Raspberry, vanilla, and earth.
1: Uh-huh. I like the cards that come with all the information on them. They really help that if you're having guests over, you know, if, if um, you're having a wine that is goes well with a chicken or goes well with meat or goes well with uh, your charcuterie with cheeses and, and different f- types of fruit, it kind of lays it out. It, it really is like wine for dummies. It, you know, these cards really break it down for you to have your best possible wine experience. Yeah. And right now, for Affirmative Murder listeners, we are giving you a 50% off your first six bottle order from Bright Cellars. By going to brightsellers.com and using code AMP50, that's brightsellers.com, C E L L A R S dot com slash AMP50. You can take their seven question quiz, which asks you all kind of questions about your favorite food, your favorite uh, juice, where you would like to drink your wine. And they really cultivate a profile that fits you best. And they'll pick select six wines that really they think you would enjoy based on your flavor profile. And you'll receive 50 percent off your first order of six bottles. Now, you have to be 21 and over, obviously, to do this. And also, um, they are not currently shipping to Alaska, Hawaii, parts of Kentucky. Mississippi, Delaware, or Utah due to the liquor regulations there. But again, if you go to uh brightsellers.com/amp50, you will get 50% off your first 6-bottle order.
2: Brightsellers. Discover wine you love. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. My affirmative murder this week is about the 2017 Fresno shooting spree. Okay? The shooting spree in fresno california on april 18th 2017 was a racially charged shooting spree in which three white men were killed mm. Corey ali muhammad was the perpetrator and was convicted of four murders and four attempted murders
1: okay what's that this is background music?
2: my background music
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bringing the production value this week. Okay, cool. It's uh, my background music. Respect of your boy. Who's this?
2: Kali Sufi Mastermind. They call him, this that was his album name. His is name is the guy who be God uh, Max. Be God Maxon. this is it's his rapper. You name.
1: just said so many things. Who is this? Is this the guy who story you're doing? Yes, he's the guy who kills people.
2: Yes. Okay, this what's his the, name again? This is his album. His his name is Corey Ali Muhammad. Sure.
1: His, rap so his name. rapper
2: name is Kylie Sufi Mastermind. No, no, no. That's the album name. I'm sorry. Kali Sufi Mastermind is the album name. His rap name is Be God Maxon.
1: Wow. That's a lot of things. This is
2: his song. His first track is called. What's it called? I, can't, I Can See.
1: Uh, that's good for him. That's a, good, that's, a great, that's a great privilege to have. You, you hear those lyrics? Bent Rims?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I can see it in your eyes, haters. That's what he said
1: wow oh. okay interesting wow okay these
2: these 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 mics and uh these headphones might catch on fire man that's yeah fire. that was
1: a lot of flame i thought he <laughs> at, at some point i thought he said uh uh, uh be something and i quote and i think he quoted himself within his own rap probably I man i
2: don't know but this dude is a rapper um Should this is his, that in quotes. this is his album
1: cover if you can see Oh, he's got like an African staff and a, and a yeah yeah. He's wearing kente cloth. It's, okay, on, it's, yeah, it's yeah. on itunes. Yeah, it's this on album iTunes.
2: is on on itunes. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. So wow. let's get into the story, man.
2: I'll play a little bit for you. I know you like this. I'll play a little bit for Just you later.
1: Loved it. Thanks. Please continue to hit me with those slappers. <laughs> More tune.
2: So at approximately 11 p.m. on April 13th, an un, an unarmed security guard working at a Motel 6 in Central Fresno, California, mm-hmm. observed a man, Corey Ali Muhammad, visiting a woman. Um, who had checked into one of the rooms. Since motel policy mandated all visitors to provide identification at the office...
1: At a Motel 6? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had such stringy rooms. Me either. Yeah. Okay,
2: the, guard, cool. the guard went to the room with an armed co-worker to inform the pair of this. As the guard was esc- e- escorting Muhammad and the woman to the motel office, mm-hmm. an argument erupted between the guard and the woman. As the guard conversed with the woman, Muhammad walked a few steps away from the guard and then turned around and pulled out his handgun. Mm. Muhammad fired multiple shots at the unsuspected guard
1: oh my God
2: killed the security guard at close range. The guard was identified as Carl Williams. Muhammad's shooting of Williams was captured on the motel wireless security camera. Muhammad also fired several shots toward the motel and at other and at another security guard before fleeing. The guard was uninjured
1: so based on what you're saying, basically it sounds like he circumvented checking in, went straight to the room, yep. and then the security guard was like, no, man, you got to go go check in. Yes. So come down here and check in. And then him and well, the we girl... Need a, yeah,
2: we need all y'all to come back downstairs. Okay.
1: And then in the process of that, it's like, I mean, man, I'm already up here, man. Why are you making the whole thing? Look, man, rules are rules. You got to go sign the yep. fucking thing. I don't give a shit who you are. You know, it kind of got a little, man, well, fuck that man. What, what are you trying to... That kind of escalated, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he shot this guy doing yeah. his job.
2: Well, you know, security guards, you know, their, their job is to be on alert, yeah. you know they supposed to, hey, get people to follow the rules. And if I don't do my job, I get fired. They have their weapons, but you also you also have to play, play this tough this tough role sure. as a security guard. You can't yeah. let nobody look like at you like a bitch. Like, Absolutely. Oh, security guard's a bitch. I'm gonna take control. You know, I'm gonna take advantage of him. Yeah. Um, if there's
1: no line of yeah. authority, yeah, then people can do what, what they want. What's the point of a security? Like if exactly. a secu- if everybody just looks at the security guard as just like some dude, yeah, then why would they listen to them? So you you come kind of, you kind of have to be assertive and you know stay by the rules. But what but what helps
2: is um, security guard having some type of weaponry.
1: Absolutely, that helps. Yeah, if they
2: don't, sure. then it's like I don't.
1: Uh, yeah, He's uh, he just gonna a flashlight. Yeah, is, it's not. You gonna, know, I can
2: I can outrun him or whatever. For sure. The case Sure. Yeah. Um. So the weapon. Um. I'm sorry. The woman who had fled who fled back to the room. She, so he yeah, did she, his thing. This is over. And then he went back yeah. to his room. Was taken into scu- custody on felony accessory charged after attempting to take evidence from the crime scene oh, wow. and refusing to identify the gum into the police
1: i wonder what she took oh, wow. i would have i would have been like um we're done and good luck with this and i would have just went back to my room and wait for the police to come i'm like guessing she anything. had
2: nowhere else to go or was like already well she money, didn't go so, with him
1: but she could have left it she was already i mean you should know you're already connected if why would you but i'm saying if you don't touch if you don't touch anything like but I she saying, did she, though but that's what I'm saying. Oh. Me, I wouldn't have touched anything. I'd have been like, "Oh, this dude just killed a security guard, and I'm not leaving with him." If she if she cared about him enough, I would assume she would have left with him. She went back to her room, <laughs> so it's like I think maybe I think she probably took something that had her name on it,
2: probably the IDs or something. Yeah, but
1: but now she also said she put, didn't
2: know him. She was like, "I don't know." Oh, and then you're lying. And yeah, here, so she yeah. said she refused to identify the gum into the police.
1: Oh, I would have. Yeah, no, I would have. I would have told her him swiftly.
2: She didn't. She was like, I don't know who the hell they.
1: I would is. have told so hard they wouldn't even need to take me into custody. They'd have like, enjoy your night. You know, you can watch Bug's Life on the TV yeah. at the Motel 6 and, you know, thank you. Sorry you had to see such a, a, a brutal murder, but your information was very helpful. Yeah.
2: So according to investigators, the gunman escaped police detection at the motel by fleeing south to a nearby 7-Eleven and hiding out on the store rooftop. What? I don't know. Maybe, he had, maybe there's, a, there's a ladder. Oh, I'm sure there's of a ladder, uh, but that's
1: just a crazy decision to make to go hide on top of the roof of a Seven Eleven. Yeah, where's the thought? Where's the process of that?
2: Well, the reason why he did that was where he can watch officers interview witnesses and wait for them to leave.
1: Oh, oh the Seven Eleven is like adjacent to the like, I would assume he was what, just chill up Moore? there, probably smoking a binoc- blunt or whatever.
2: binoculars. <laughs> so there they are. Yep, just watching the heat. That that kind of that kind of creeped me out because it's like oh, yeah, big he's count. like like a uh, gargoyle and then gargoyles sit at the edge of the yeah, thing yeah, and just yeah, look yeah. over the city he just pretend
1: yeah <laughs> he, he's pretending like he's not a thing Yeah, you know he's like sir uh why are you on top of the 711 just doesn't say anything yeah uh
2: yeah so uh once they left the next morning i guess he stayed the night um he got off the rooftop went to the nearby elementary school and he It's hit, probably
1: beautiful though like you know you smell those like plump bar park uh, rotating inside the Seven Eleven, look up at the stars. Yes, you know, just a beautiful night. You know, your adrenaline is still pumping from a homicide. Yeah, and just really just relaxing on that. Maybe go down, climb down, buy a Slurpee, and go back up.
2: He probably did that before he went up.
1: Yeah, get it, get it, all, get kitted out. Some Slurpees get A couple bear claws. Yeah, yeah, some taquitos.
2: Uh, so yeah, so he got off the rooftop, went to a nearby elementary school, and hit by a dumpster. He then traveled around Fresno over the weekend, changing his appearance by cutting his hair. So I'm get he had dreads. He ended up cutting his hair off. Sure. <clears throat> On April eighteenth, Fresno police identified one suspect in the shooting, which is 30, 39 year old Corey Ali
1: Muhammad. Mm-hmm.
2: He was a friend of the daughter of the woman at the hotel.
1: Oh, sorry. That. One more time. Okay. The, he was the friend, friend of the, the daughter, daughter
2: of the woman at the hotel. So
1: this woman. These are older people, then. Yeah. So the woman, at least you know, at least like you know, in their late thirties or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the woman who took evidence, he was a friend of that woman's daughter. Yes. So why was he visiting her? At the, I have at no the idea. Six. I don't know.
2: Scandal. Good question. I don't know. Scandals. Maybe they was waiting around before the daughter got there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe it, he it wanted, never went into detail with that.
1: Maybe he had the young pup, and he wanted to have the the mature cougar. Yeah.
2: Well, if that was the, the yes yeah, If that was the case, then this you know let out a whole bunch of other shit. I, I didn't. Like the daughter finding out, like, oh, why
1: are you? Yeah, like, why were you at the Motel <laughs> Six with my M- 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 what's his name, Ronnie? Muhammad. M- what's his first name? Uh, um, Ronnie? Corey. Corey. Yeah, why were you at the Motel Six with Corey? You know, he just really likes a bug's life, and we were gonna have a movie night and just yeah. watch movies. Yeah. We talked about you the whole time.
2: Sure. Uh, so yeah, so on the same morning, while out to purchase items for um using his voodoo rituals.
1: Whoa, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, he had to go buy some uh, items yeah, for his voodoo talking my
1: language. rituals.
2: Um, so Muhammad, Muhammad went to the Starbucks coffee shop. He a, used
1: the best place to get voodoo rituals. Yeah, stuff.
2: he used the shop's Wi-Fi to watch broadcast by <laughs> Fresno ABC affiliate KFSN TV that identified him as a suspect in the security guard's murder. So he's just watching this whole thing play out at a Starbucks.
1: At a Starbucks Wi-Fi. <laughs> so yeah, a, 2017. You said yes okay yeah i don't know why i'm picturing like motel 6 i think of the 90s or something but no 2017
2: yeah so um he's just watching this whole thing play out at a starbucks at a starbucks
1: unicorn frap probably just chilling you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh,
2: probably writing uh fire lyrics for his album i don't know
1: yeah it's probably starbucks is probably a great place to get inspiration you just yeah. sit there you get on the wi-fi and just you know yeah he got the
2: news on one uh little screen and he mm-hmm. got the his notepad on the other yeah um, so after being identified as a suspect in William's murder, Muhammad decided that he would not go down for one murder, and that he might as well take out as many white men as he could. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, like I'm already, so I'm going already to just, going to jail already, for life. Yeah,
1: yeah, I might as well really get the most out of it. Yeah. So why just go down for one? Yeah. So as you can see, wow,
2: he's already had like this racial, uh, this thing he going on with white white people. So he doesn't sure. like white people. So it's like, hey, I already. So that whole motel thing was just like a kick over the edge. Like, I already don't like you people. And then this white
1: man (laughs) is talking to me about rules. Yeah. And I have to sign in because somebody could be dangerous and have a a weapon. Do I have a weapon? Everything's in quotes. Yeah. Do I have a (laughs) weapon? Yeah. When the honky and the man is trying to hold me down (laughs) with their rules and such. But I wasn't dangerous. I was just trying to watch a Bug's Life, and then he's coming to me with all these rules. So he had to go, yeah. With his trying to control us all, and he goes in that whole thing, yeah, all all the time for hundred four hundred years, yeah. At the, on top of the Seven Eleven talking to himself, yeah, yeah.
2: That could uh, I could possibly went down in the motel. Oh, that might have like, been the, the, oh, how the argument.
1: That might yeah, that <laughs> might have been how the argument was. Yeah. was like, look, man, just sign the fucking paper. Oh, like you wanted us to sign the slavery papers four hundred yeah. years ago on the auction block. What? Look man, yeah. uh, once upon a time is on. I'm just trying to go back and watch my ABC show, and then he, he snapped.
2: Yeah, so it was just that dude. He already had a short temper. He already had these this 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 revenge off on white people. So it was just like, oh, I'm about to just
1: get them all. Get them we'll all. Get as many as I got can. him. Mm-hmm.
2: Now I'm about to just just go on and just get them all while I can. Yeah, I'm already one for one, so I he's might like, just be one for six like,
1: more. He's like, get them all. Get them one one. Come one, come all. Yeah, and it's, his lyrics, it's a, it's a slaughter of the snowflakes. Probably, you know, it's just like at the Starbucks. Yeah. He's I angry. Eye, I hate us. That's, yeah, that's angry, like. but then he gets inspired.
2: Yeah. Um. So he. I after the um. The identification. Several shootings were reported in downtown Fresno. Oh Jesus. Muhammad first approached a specific, a Pacific Gas and Electric Company, which is BPG and E. Oh. Utility. Tr- utility truck.
1: The reason that's funny is because ours is BG and E. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: And 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 after that, I'm like, is that how it is? is that it's everywhere? everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, utility, um, so he approached a PG&E util- utility truck um, at approximately 10.45 a.m. and fired four shots into it, oh. critically wounding an employee seated in the passenger seat. The passenger of the vehicle was identified to be Zachary Randalls. The driver of that truck was spared from being shot. Why did he sp- was spared from being shot?
1: Because the bullets just didn't get... Oh, because he's black.
2: Since Muhammad deemed him Hispanic and thus not white.
1: Oh, that's a lot of attention to detail.
2: Yeah. it's It's been a, it's so another calculated. occasion. That's, yeah. that's, 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 he's, that's easy. He has a targeted, yeah. targeted, he's looking for. And this happens again also. The yeah. same exact thing happens That's
1: again. super evil. Be like, yeah. And I'm going to. No, you know mind. what, man? You have enough melanin. I'm going to let you... Well, live. he got...
2: But also, that guy got lucky, too, because he shot into the car. Yeah. He could have still been hit. But that means he went so he up he didn't to finish like, him off, Yeah, though. he
1: went up to, like, do an execution yeah. <laughs> to the people in the car yeah. and then saw that this guy wasn't white. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep.
2: So the driver managed to drive away unarmed and took Randall to the Fresno Police Department headquarters. Um, Before I get to the next sentence, I was like, why would he drive yeah. to the... Pol- I was about to ask. Where him. he... Alert, he alerted off um, officers. Randall's was taken to the community regional medical center where he laid. That the guy didn't know where the um the, the police. St- I mean, yeah, the hospital was. Okay. That's why he went to the police station. Um, which, which is kind of weird because it's like, how you how you know where the police station? Yeah, was? Yeah, so I was, was going like- to ask that as well. I'm <laughs> glad you
1: asked that question. I, I didn't want to make assumptions. About I, I didn't the I don't know. He's been there before. I don't know.
2: I feel like you would. You would know where know what uh, a hospital, the hospital was before police station.
1: I would think that, but I guess not. Yeah. Uh,
2: so in Muhammad's murder trial, the driver of the pg and utility truck testified that the truck was in park when Muhammad approached them sitting in it. From Muhammad's facial expression, the driver said Muhammad had a cold, dark look, which the driver found to be um, unnerving. The driver nodded at Muhammad as a gesture from his window, mm-hmm. to which Muhammad was unresponsive. Muhammad walked past the, driver, the driver's left fender and then stopped, looked into the truck again. The, dri- the driver told Randall's that he was suspicious of Muhammad's behavior at the moment. Mm-hmm. Muhammad then reached into his jacket, prompting the driver to immediately put the truck in reverse. Mm. Muhammad fired his gun a few times in a passenger side where Randall's was sitting. As the driver was backing up, Muhammad fired one last shot which hit the headrest of Randall's seat. Mm. Randall's Randall's told, Randall told the driver that he was shot, and the driver called 911 emergency and drove to the police station because he did not know where the closest hospital was. Got it. The driver stated that Randall's lost consciousness on the way to the hospital station. Mm. So seconds after the shooting, um, seconds after shooting four rounds into the P- PG&E truck on North Van Ness and Mortally... I think
1: um, that's Van Nuys. Van,
2: that's what it is, Van Nuys? I think so. Um, and... Mortally wounding Randalls, Muhammad proceeded south to Mildreda, turning west. And Muhammad fired two more shots at a 59-year-old man coming out of his house, but the shots missed.
1: Oh, Jesus. So he was
2: letting, he was letting go. Um, the second shot hit a residential dwelling um, on this other side of the street. Muhammad then reloaded his revolver in the alley between what is it, Venice? Van, Nuys. Van Nuys and yeah. Fulton. Muhammad stated that he considered pursuing the 59-year-old man believing he had gone back inside his house, but changed his mind. Muhammad then turned on North Fulton Street, heading south, when he fired once at a vehicle containing a woman, her adult daughter, and her four-year-old granddaughter, but stopped shooting after realizing they were Latino. No one in the vehicle suffered any
1: gunshot wounds. How is he making these decisions?
2: I don't know, man. Luckily, he didn't hit somebody in the car. Because he's shooting and then running up to these vehicles and And, going, oh shit, sorry. About Oops! A,
1: yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thought you were white. Yep. That's crazy.
2: Um. So Muhammad then walked down the opposite direction, where he spotted a man, Mark Gassett, walking out of the Catholic Charities USA building. He shot Gassett once in the chest, and he then killed him with two more shots after he had fallen to the ground. So he's hitting him again, hitting him, going up, proceeding, and then finishing him off.
1: Yeah.
2: Muhammad then reloaded at the bus stop and fired at three white men. Two of them escaped unarmed, but Muhammad chased down the third man, David Jackson. This sounds like a goddamn video game.
1: Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> this is a Grand Theft Auto, man. That's, yes. that's crazy, man. That's, that's <clears throat> insane.
2: Uh, so Muhammad followed Jackson, who was the heaviest and oldest of the three white men, of the three white men, excuse me, into the parking lot of the Catholic Charities USA building. There, Muhammad fired six shots, two that, two that killed Jackson, two that struck parked vehicles, one that struck a nearby building, um, and a six that was apparently never recovered. Mm. Witnesses said that Muhammad shouted uh, obscenities as he fired, so probably racial slurs.
1: Whatever. Yeah, for sure.
2: So officers responding to a a uh, a shot spotter report found Muhammad running down the street and managed to arrest him. Now, on a shot spotter. I don't know. Do they have these? Are are those just? I thought those were just like military use type of. Um, what are you saying? Shot spotter. So it's like a it's like a a, a machine. That can tell you what direction, if they're gunfire, uh-huh. where direction is coming from. Oh, I so that's how heard. they found him and where he was at, whatever location. Was street? Oh, I didn't he was even at. know that was a thing. Yeah, but when I looked it up, it was it was a uh, um it was used more of a military type of thing. Well, like mean, they, they don't have him on like streets, I guess. I don't know.
1: A lot of those, you know, you see. I never even heard of it. Before. Yeah, I, I never. I've never heard of it. In yeah, terms yeah. Now, but. Um, uh, that doesn't surprise me that, like, some departments in this country might have some kind of equipment like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But that's how they found him and where the, the shots were coming a from.
1: shot spotter. Yeah.
2: And that's how they arrested him.
1: Yeah. So, alive.
2: Yes, alive, wow. yeah. So during the arrest, Muhammad shot at Allah Akbar. Several bullets and speed loaders um, for a 357 Magnum revolver were recovered from his person, but no mm-hmm. firearm was found in. A speed loader is. You know what a speed loader is? No. You don't know. Okay, speed loader, You know what a revolver? The, the yeah, the chambers. Piece. You know. So a speeder is the same thing as the revolving piece, uh-huh. but already has the bullets in it, and you just stick Try. it into the.
1: Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah, and got
2: it. It just, it's all it's, six of them in a, yep, already you know, pull, in a circle. It, you hit the button, and it bang. You just keep on. Got moving. it. Got it. Wow,
1: that yeah. really um, saves a lot of time. Yeah,
2: it's kind of like I guess like trying to make it close to it as an automatic type of re- uh, reloading well, type thing that as just possible. So much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like you know, not the not as comparable, but like. When you play Red Dead Redemption, which was a really fun game, yeah. Um, once you empty out your six shooters and you're in, I can't I feel like such a nerd. Um, once you empty out your six shooter and you're in the shooting fight, then you gotta you gotta
2: hide sip, and then
3: sip, yeah. Sip, sip, sip,
1: sip, but if you have a thing, you avoids all that, avoid that time. So I just cut so much time in half. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I just talked about video games. I'm, I feel like I'm such a dork. But yeah. go ahead, sir. But I mean,
2: you have to be a gun person to, to figure out that a revolver you have to do one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, he had a speed loader on him for his three fifty seven Magnum, and I, this now, me reading what the gun he had is, the, you know, why he had to go up to these people because a revolver is not is not a long range gun. Yeah, so you yeah, just no. shoot, yeah. maybe hit, and then go. Hey, I gotta. Yeah. You
1: get in the vicinity.
2: Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So according to uh, Chief Jerry Dyer, the gun was wrapped in the clothing was wrapped in clothing and picked up by a Hispanic male who had met up with Muhammad shortly after the after the shootings. And then fled the scene. So He, he, took, met, the, he took the murder he weapon? He met up with some, I guess, oh, a friend. Geez. And, you know, hold this. I need you to hide this.
1: That friend. is a good friend.
2: Something you would do, right?
1: No, no. No. not at all. No, not at all. No, not at all. You're hold me down, man? No, not at all. If you go on a racist killing spree, don't call me.
2: <laughs> you might be the first person I go. You wouldn't know until you pick up the phone. <laughs> until you pick up the I phone. I
1: give you a lot of wise words. I'm like, hey, man.
2: Words. Hey, you meet up to go some ice cream or something? Hey, man, you busy right now? <laughs> Listen, I got this hammer on me. I wouldn't even I, say that. I will say oh, something just to get say, you. you like, yo, you want to
1: go to Buffalo Outways? Yeah,
2: and so you can come, and now you you already caught up in it at this point. <laughs> now they've caught you with me. And... That makes
1: you a bad friend. <laughs> you want me to be a good friend by being a bad friend to me. <laughs> if I'm going down, everybody going down. Wow. Sorry. You heard it here first, folks.
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> So, yeah, so he met up with a friend and gave him the friend his gu- the gun. Um, Dyer also said a total of 17 shots were fired in 90 seconds during these shootings. Jesus. Four minutes had passed between the first shots and Muhammad's arrest. Several streets and county government buildings were put on lockdown during the shootings with people being ordered to, um, ordered to shelter in place, which sounds like that goddamn uh, DC, D.C. shooting sniper. type of scenario that yeah. happened. So the FBI and the ATF were notified of shootings. Agents from the Department of Homeland Security also responded to the Fresno Police Department headquarters. Chief Dyer said that the incident was a random act of violence and that the government acted alone, adding that to adding that it was too soon to determine whether the shooting was acts of terrorism.
1: I actually feel like I remember this being on the news, like this moment really, of like the lockdown and mm-hmm. people like, oh, there's a shooting going on in California. Another one, yeah. you know, because it was. During that whole run of like people shooting up bars. I mean, not that that runs over. It's still going on. But it was like another shooting in California is happening right now. Yeah. So I I feel like I remember this. Uh,
2: So a federal law enforcement officer said that shootings did not bear the hallmarks of a terrorist attack and appeared to be more of a local criminal matter. Local authorities said that they would investigate the shootings as a hate crime. Chief Dyer said that Corey Muhammad, who is black, told police that he decided to become infamous for killing many white people after realizing he was wanted in the Motel 6 shooting. Muhammad led investigators through the murder scene and described exactly how he committed the shootings, the shooting rampage, laughing all the while. So he was crazy. He was nuts.
1: Yeah. And then he also, again, it is incidences like these. Right. So, for example, um... They just caught a dude who uh, like a 19 year old kid who had a whole bunch of like guns and explosives in his car. And apparently, allegedly, he was uh, his plan was to go try to kill Joe Biden. Right. Mm. But they're just calling him like a crazy kid. Right. This one dude up in Fresno yells Allah Akbar after he does this crazy thing. And he's immediately labeled a terrorist. And now anybody who is a Muslim or brown in this country yeah, should be on high alert because, the xenophobia and the racism is going to come to them, yeah, because of this one incident of incident of this guy doing this thing.
2: That's what happened with seven eleven. I mean, seven eleven, nine eleven,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. But then these these incidences of these kids being radicalized and you know going to Kenosha or you know putting you know these these like militia groups. They're just like no, these are like you know overzealous no. patriots, you know, trying to fight for the constitution. It's like no, that's a that's a domestic terrorist. Yeah, so you know. You want to call stuff by name, you got to call stuff by name, man. Now, this dude clearly was crazy, but um, I don't know what else you deem a person who shoots a person based on their race, yells out a, you know, uh, a religious term that is uh, synonymous with the stereotypical terrorist, uh, Islamic terrorist thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm sure the first report obviously was going to be, you know, uh, a terrorist attack. But then you find out like, oh, this dude's crazy. And he's a rapper. He's crazy. This is a, this is a, this is a silly person, mm. you know. Not, that, not to diminish what he did. He's more than just silly. He's inc- incredibly dangerous and evil and everything. But this wasn't some, he wasn't getting his orders from up high on the terrorist list. He wasn't getting like a secret message from ESP from Osama bin Laden. This was just a dude who like snapped yeah. and went crazy.
2: So all the victims killed in the shootings were white males. Mm -hmm. The Molotov 6 security guard was identified as 25-year-old was a young guy, Carl Williams. The victims of the April 18th shooting was identified next day as the PG&E employee, Zachary David Randles, Mm. who was 34, um, and Mark James Gassett, uh, who was 37, and David Martin Jackson, who was 58, both of Fresno. Mayor Lee Brand offered his condolences to the victims' families and called April 18th a sad day for us all. PG&E expressed its own condolences to all of those involved, including the family of the slain employee. Yeah. So just a little bit about um, Corey Ali Muhammad. So Corey Ali Muhammad was born March 21st, 1978. He was the gunman in all of the shootings. He was, he was homeless at the time and had some association with gangs, but wasn't a member of one um, of one himself. Um, he, he had three children at the time. He was born as Corey Allen Taylor. So he changed his name from Corey spelled Cory, spelled C O R Y, to K O R I. Say it again. His name is his name was Corey Allen Taylor, but he, when he was born, his his birth name was Corey, so it was spelled C O R Y. But he when he changed his name, he spelled it the K O R
1: I. I guess that makes it yeah. More <laughs> kind of yeah. Put some sauce on it, I guess. I
2: guess. Um. Yeah. So he was also he was previously known as Corey Taylor. Muhammad changed his name to his present. Um, one as a teenager his grandmother said that Muhammad had been drawn to Islam at a young age Muhammad's aunt said her name that her nephew also uh, attended Baptist church when he was a, when he was younger Muhammad was a resident of the both Fresno and Sacramento California according to Muhammad's Facebook page he studied multi multimedia and um at Cos- Cosmas River College in Sacramento a, se- a spokesman for the Los Los Rios Community College District identified a student named Corey McWallace with mm. the same ne- with the same date and birth as Muhammad. So I don't know if he changed his name like another time or something. Um,
1: well, yeah. I mean, clearly, I think that this dude probably is um, was uh, converted in prison. I think he's like a pri- he probably is like prison Muslim, which mm. is like I yeah. feel like that's different than a traditional you know um middle eastern person who was raised in the faith of islam as opposed to you know we know dudes that we went to high school with that maybe went, went and did a bid and they come home and they're like my name's musa Muhammad, man yeah. and uh you know Ooh. not to not to make them that they aren't a faithful muslim person but it's a little bit different and it's more embodied than um um black military uh black militarian uh, kind of um philosophies yeah you know it's um not not military what is the word like, um, militant, like a black militant type of, you know, the man and all that kind of stuff. And then they, they have abandoned the Jesus Christ faith for, um, for Islam. And that's why I think his name was probably Corey McWallace. And then he converted to Islam in his and later was, age yeah, yeah, yeah. And by some Mohammed like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. By like a radical, like black militia type person.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so, however, no details were immediately offered about his studies or um, if he graduated. Muhammad also attended classes at Fresno City College. But according to a classmate, he would often not show up for weeks at a time and accuse his instructor of being racist.
1: Shocker. Also, when you got all the answers, what can the white man really teach you? Yeah. That was probably his. Was like, probably I don't need saying? this racist school. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Y'all don't even teach the real history. You know, he said, I mean, I can I can hear this, dude. Like, I can hear this, dude. This dude is very much like the dude I was. Uh, my story I did last week. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, these uh, these black Israelite guys. They're very uh, loud, and um, a lot of the things that they say are based in a lot of sexist and racist kind of beliefs. But they come off real quick as in truth, because you're like, this country's racist, and then you get one guy that goes, yeah, this country is kind of racist. Yeah, and white people are the devil, and they their their veins are have ice in them, and then that's when people start to go. Oh, this is crazy talk. Yeah, but all it takes is one person to stand there and go, "Yeah, okay, yeah, man, tell me more." Yep, and then you got him. That's how
2: that fucking. That's this guy. Yeah, that's how. Uh, what is it called? Um, what's the shit that you like? Uh, cults. That's how. Yep, Colts. Yeah, yeah. The oh,
1: the people just- <laughs> Like, if you put a cult leader, like the guy, the guy, for the guy from the cult next to him, his name is um, Ranieri, Keith Ranieri, right? If you put him on a stage. And told everybody, hey, there's a seminar tonight. He's going to learn. You're going to learn. It's like a better business seminar. You're going to learn how to make money, right? You sit in that room, and you let this guy go, and he says some stuff that makes sense, right? And he keeps going. But then 10 minutes in, he throws out a little thing that you're like, oh, that's weird. But then by 20 minutes in, he says something that's absolutely crazy. And you go, you know what? This isn't for me. Yeah. If you stick around past that 20 minutes, then you get people that are going like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Then they get up and leave. But then once you get into like, 40 minute territory, anybody who's still sitting there is at least interest. Their their intrigue is is, is peaked. <laughs> and he's going to get a couple of those yeah. people. You know, it's some key words that you hear where you go, oh, this is crazy. OK, cool. Well, I'm going to thank I'm you. Go. I'm going to thank you for the cookies yeah. and I'm going to go ahead and um, get out of here. But sometimes people stay and then they become radicalized.
2: Um, So, Muhammad had a criminal history dated from 1997 to to 2004, consisting of arrests Mm -hmm. on weapons, drug, forgery, and false imprisonment charges, as well as making terrorist threats.
1: Definitely converted in prison. (laughs) Court (laughs) documents also
2: indicted that um, he suffered auditory hallucinations and had at least two prior mental health um, hospitalizations. Mm. Two of his early arrests occurred when he was still a teenager on both um, occasions. He allegedly brought a gun to school. In 2004, Muhammad was arrested. In Washington State for allegedly firing a gun outside his apartment, he left the state. He left the state, and the case was dismissed after prosecutors, after prosecutors declined to extradite him to a federal prison. According to court records filed in February 2005, he was arrested and indicted in federal court of charges of possession of cocaine with intent to distribute, to distribute um, possession of firearm to drug trafficking, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. In September, Muhammad sought um, an insanity defense and underwent a psychiatric evaluation after his lawyer claimed his client was suffering from hallucinations, paranoia, and psychosis. A judge ruled that he was incompetent to stand trial and had him committed to a facility for up to four months. He was deemed competent in August 2006, after um, which he pleaded guilty to two of the seven counts in the indictment. Muhammad was sentenced to over nine years in prison. Though the sentence was downgraded to over seven years in two thousand eight, he was released from prison early in September twenty sixteen. Muhammad claimed to have a shot. Muhammad claimed to have shot a person at the age of twelve, but claim, but the claim was not confirmed by police. Uh, so he was just doing at this the at, a young, at the age of twelve. Yeah, he shot somebody, but yeah.
1: twelve years old, and he might have he might have a body. I mean, where was this guy supposed to go other than where he ended up? Yeah. Also, there's a ton of mental health aspects and stuff yeah, and yeah, within yeah, his yeah. life. He definitely had a lot of um, help that didn't get uh, presented to him, and that led to him being a fucking nut. But I guarantee he converted to Islam in prison under a kind of um, black militant philosophy, and the and also probably you know thought that his rap career would take off. Yeah. And but that did. that. It, it, well I mean if you're on iTunes yeah you're famous that's cool. well
2: also some people don't even get that type of treatment that type of treatment
1: yeah um, so he did get
2: it but it didn't help but he he did get it though yeah I know he still turned into a nut but he did get that treatment yeah you know it didn't help um you have anything else to say no okay cool um so Muhammad maintained two Facebook profiles and a Twitter account all in which he paid homage to black pride and black national Nationalism. Mm-hmm. His profile depicted images of Black Power salute and a flag associated with the uh, Pan Africanism yep. mm-hmm. uh, movement. According to the police, he expressed hatred of whites mm-hmm. and the government. Yep. Muhammad made posts about the murders of five Dallas police officers, mm-hmm. in which he praised the shooter, um, Micah Xavier Johnson. Yep. Did um, we did that? We do, that?
1: Um, I don't think so. But okay. that was very that. that I mean, yeah, that yeah. was like I remember hearing about that. But yeah, yeah, they blew him up. Yeah. They sent a robot into. The, uh, um, was he in a car or something? He was in a parking garage. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sent a robot in there and blew up the parking garage. I've never even that's crazy. I didn't even know that, had that they had that kind of technology. Me either. Now the dude was a nut, but he also kind of had the same kind of beliefs as this guy. Yeah,
2: but he killed police, and that uh, maybe if it wasn't police officers, it probably wouldn't went down that way.
1: Oh no, they got him the fuck out of here.
2: Yeah, but I mean, since he murdered police officers, yeah, he was like, oh yeah, yeah we yeah, got a no, fucking
1: he dies. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so he also consistently used the hashtag, um, let black people go and encourage black warriors to mount up Muhammad's father described his son's belief that there were, um, there was ongoing war between whites and blacks mm-hmm. and that a battle was about to take place. Oh, yeah. He later said that he attempted to warn Muhammad's probation officer about his son's hatred of white people and his plans of killing them, mm-hmm. but believes no one followed up on his report. Oh, he's just going through a phase. Yeah. He's just he's just going through You're something.
1: He's listening to a lot of Public Enemy.
2: I'm his father. What I'm telling you,
1: It's crazy. I don't know, whatever.
2: Um, in the phone interview with ABC News affiliate in the downtown Fresno jail, Corey um, Ali Muhammad spoke about his motives for the killings. Muhammad spoke about his hatred of white people and and especially white men. Muhammad stated that someone has to fight has to fight for them. Someone has to fight for all the people that died at the hands of racist white men. Muhammad was initially wanted by Fresno police for the death of Carl Williams, a security guard he killed a few days before his shooting spree. Muhammad added that I was actually going to turn myself in. Then I started thinking about the missing black women and children and started thinking about Flint, Michigan, started thinking about the crack cocaine epidemic, started thinking about all the injustice and um, atrocities that my people go through. That's why I snapped. I wasn't thinking like I'm going to kill, kill, kill. All I know, was that the white supremacy had to die and people that benefit most from white supremacy are white men. Muhammad believed himself to be the martyr saying, I gave my life for the freedom of people, the ultimate freedom of my people. Muhammad stated that considering the crime I did, I can live with having to be in jail. Like I know what I did was wrong. When asked um, if he regretted killing for four people, Muhammad stated that he did not. Wow. So everything he did was um, for a specific reason uh, like these white people just after just he after that. yeah after he did that.
1: after it was sparked by him just killing a dude at a motel 6
2: yeah but again
1: it was all there yeah it was all it there. just it
2: was just something that that was, was kind of like, like that. it was something that like I just need something to, if this one thing if this yeah. one person me. I'm gonna snap I'm gonna go the fuck off yeah
1: and this is what I do, this is what I try to talk about. I mean, I don't know how how much I've brought up on this podcast, but I, whenever I, the the subject of like a race war comes up, I always go, "No, it, it's not going to happen." But the reason I say that is because I think that there could be pockets of incidences after this election, because guys like you just said exist, and then these guys, these QAnon guys, these militia guys, they exist. So these are pockets. Yeah, these people could absolutely come across paths at a, a rally or at a, a Protest or something like that, which has been happening all year. People get into fights and everything like that. But as far as like, I wake up on November 4th and my Mexican neighbor across from me is like, gonna fight the white neighbor. No, I don't think that, I don't think that's happening at all. I think that I have too much faith in society.
2: Um, to think a full on race war, to
1: think where it's just like, we're gonna split sides. Sierra's, her dad's gonna call her and it's like, I know, look, I like Alvin too, but you gotta come over here, you, you know, and we're gonna. You
2: but know, I, f- I feel like that's what. Now that's that scares me because I've starting to hear that a lot is when they go, we got to get Trump out of office because he's trying to separate America, sure, and when I hear that, I think of he's trying to do white people on one side and black people on the other side, sure, I mean so when I hear that' that's that's what I think now I'm like. That's not possible. It's not. <laughs> You're
1: dating a Hispanic girl. Yeah. There's so much intermingling. There's Asian people yeah. dating white people, black people dating this. Uh, you know, it, it's so we're a melting pot. Yeah. This country, when it's at its best, is a melting pot. That's when we work the best. Now there is a, a underbelly which has kind of become the 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 overt and very loud of you know old school mentalities and old racist beliefs that never were reconciled that are still there yeah. at the, the the foundation of this country. Everybody is, we're all better when we function together, mm-hmm. right? But we still have this dark, nasty history that hasn't been addressed properly. So now you find yourself where if people, there are people taking sides because their history is something that they don't want to apologize for because it benefited them in a way. And then you got the other people who's that history absolutely oppressed and slaughtered and denigrated and destroyed them, mm-hmm. and they want you to apologize for that history. Now, I there's a comedian or something, I read a thing that was really cool, or really, it wasn't cool, it was just really interesting, it was an interesting thought where they, it might have been Patrice O'Neill, honestly, I can't remember, but he was saying, black like people don't have a boogeyman, right? Jewish people had a boogeyman, like, after the Holocaust, there's other scientists and stuff, but like Adolf Hitler was the guy. Yeah. And then when you go Adolf Hitler's dead and then you go, Oh, so the beliefs, they, they died with him. The the guy, the villain died. 9-11 happened. Osama bin Laden planned it. Osama bin Laden died. We cheer. There was no guy to get for slavery. Yeah. It was the whole system. There's a, it it was a whole system created. So there was no person to get. And then it never really ended. Yeah. You just got these little incremental changes. Oh, we're going to uh, stop slavery. Now it's Jim Crow. Now we're going to stop Jim Crow. Now you get the civil rights bill and, and now you guys are kind of free. Oh, there's redlining. But then that, there's no individual person to blame for any of these things. Yeah. The whole system is at play. So the anger's so palpable because it's like you think everything's racism. Because everything has been racism at a point. Yeah. Oh, you won't, oh, I can't live at this apartment? Oh, it's racist. It's like, well, no, maybe your credit score isn't that high. But it's the this mentality, Yeah. you know? And I'm not a guy that's like a proponent of saying like, hey, guys, black people got to stop feeling like a victim. Like, you know, having a victim's mentality is where a lot of that anger comes from. But what do like, you expect, though? Exactly. It's like, you've been a victim long enough yeah. and, and you, you don't have any fucking money and you don't have the proper access to education and ways to better yourself and get out of the situation that you're in. How do you not feel like a victim? Right. You know, so it's really it's a complicated issue, you know, and I don't really know what the answer to it is. But I don't think that the answer will be that on November 4th, we're going to draw a line in the sand and it's going to be I'm all of a sudden going to wrap my head up in a doobie wrap and be like, I'm going out and killing white people. Yeah, it, I know that's not going to be the case where I am. I'm sure there will be pockets of dudes like this guy. And pockets of dudes like Dylan Roof and 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 all these kind, you know, those people probably will have some clashes. But I just think I have more faith in this country than that. I really do. Despite the last couple years and some of the things I've seen, I, I have I have faith in this country. Yeah,
2: I just don't know what the outcome is going to be after you know whoever we find out whoever becomes president. I don't. I just think it's going to be a negative outcome. Regardless, I think it's, it's going to be a more of a negative outcome if. Trump loses sure. than if Trump wins. You know what I'm saying? Sure,
1: I I agree. Just, just the I flags, think, I man. Think, I think the, it's it's just the flags. You really hung up on those it's flags. It's like
2: I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's their team. That's insane. Their, he's
1: their quarterback, so you you know you got to wave your it's flag insane. for your team.
2: Do you? Uh,
1: no, but you know they okay. do.
2: But don't. Okay, you have a you, you get like a little yard sign. I get yeah, yeah, yeah. it, but you have a flag American bowl. flag. A Trump flag and then a Confederate flag, yeah. or try to put that and then put the Confederate flag in your backyard. I see it all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. People put that Confederate flag in their backyard like nobody see it, but they see it. Like I see that shit, man. Yeah. And don't come say hi. You can just tell what those people. Give you them little oh, attitudes. It's, it's
1: heritage, not hate, man. <clears throat> all right, man. It's just, it's just heritage, not hate.
2: You can, you can. Some of those people I go up to, you can instantly tell, like, oh yeah, he doesn't like black like people.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. And my whole thing is I don't like any people, so. Doesn't matter. I, don't talk to just me. Just don't talk to me. Yeah, that's, that's my whole thing. I don't, I, care to do, what, <laughs> I don't care what you look like. Don't talk to me. Just to don't. Do you go to you me. see me in public. I'm yeah. tired of doing the headphones thing. I've done every trick under the sun. People still find a way to talk to me. I keep my hat low so you can't see my eyes. People say, oh man, hot today, huh? Yeah. Don't talk to me. I don't care what you look like, what you sound like, yeah. your gender, your, your whatever. Age, whatever. Leave just, me alone. It was
2: a guy coming to me. I was, because I have this uh, senior building I have to do on my route now. I have mm-hmm. a new route. So I got to go in there, and the guy was, he's just loud or whatever. Yeah. He like, you know they you know they was calling they was calling uh Obama a nigga and I'm like
1: oh my God. This is a white man? This is a black guy Oh okay like, Yeah you're like oh like, cool okay. yeah that's crazy like, I didn't say that I was like yeah.
2: You no know, they gone Obama nigga I was like I was like yeah that's crazy I was
1: like oh shit I got him. I hate yeah, yeah, fuck no, him fucking. no that's why I don't respond.
2: You don't <laughs> he just mean, he's behind I was like I gotta say something I can't
1: then, then once you give him a, once you give him one that's crazy. I know right Look at me, man, listen. I was like,
2: oh, my goodness. Man. Oh, I'm just trying okay, to get out and go home, bro. dog.
1: I don't care. And <laughs> I don't care what the subject is. I've I, i I've had every gambit under the sun. Like, what what food do you suggest at this Panera Bread? Leave me alone. Please. I don't have suggestions for you. I just want to get my bread bowl and leave. I had a lady ask me, was it cold outside twice?
2: I was like, it's, it's cool. <laughs>
1: Is it what, cold what out? You, and that's subjective. It's like, um, it's like it's about sixty-two degrees. Oh, that's cold. Yeah. Uh, uh, not to me. I mean, a light, a light hoodie, maybe. Oh, that's cold.
2: I just don't. Want people, just leave me alone. Leave me you alone, see me on the street. Man. Leave don't me alone, me. please. Don't talk to me. Alright. Sometimes, sometimes
1: I'm not mad that people, <laughs> you know, there's like this kind of like, oh, black people are scary. I'm like, cool. Be scared of me, man. Just be scared of me. <laughs> just whatever it takes for you to leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. I don't want to have. I, I hate small? I hate small talk. Yes. I love a nice conversation. But I don't want to talk to any random person who comes up to me who is just like, man, oh, man, uh, it's raining. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is raining. Yeah. What now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it rains, you know, it sucks. You know, shoes get wet. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, yeah. They do. They do. <laughs> it sucks when they get wet. Yeah, and mud. You know, mud gets on your shoes, and then you go in your house, and there's mud. You leave me the fuck. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> and I can't do that because I'm a nice person. Yeah. Now, Les, let him friend of the podcast, Less. Oh, I've seen him in the middle of somebody doing the small talk, once it gets to the point where he realizes this is now Isn't a thing, going nowhere? He'll, just get up he'll just get up and walk away from it. Oh. It's some of the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Some of the most disrespectful stuff I've ever seen. Somebody be like, yeah, I'm just saying, man, you know, if, if we could all come together and really figure out, oh my god, and then just Yo, get up and get walk up. away from a person, oh, it's so embarrassing. I can't do that. Oh, no, it's cringy. <laughs> it's so cringy. Especially because he didn't leave the place. He just walked away from the person. Like, went to go talk to somebody else that he likes to talk to. I can't do that, man. Savage. I can't leave that person hanging like that. Savage. I don't have it in me. Uh, Yeah, so Muhammad
2: in Muhammad's capital punishment trial, Muhammad uh, chose to testify and answer questions about his killing spree. When asked if he intended to kill a a white man, Zachary Randall's in the PG&E truck, Muhammad stated, I wanted to kill them, yes. Muhammad kept alluding to his own version of ancient religious prophecies. Muhammad stated that God is going to destroy white men in particular. Specifically, it was written written and 25,000 years ago that this had, had to happen. Muhammad also compared his... Guess what he compared his killings, his killings to?
1: Please, tell me, please. Muhammad,
2: I'm sorry. Muhammad also compared his killings to the coronavirus, stating that he shot Mark Acid when how, he was wh- on th- how,
1: When was his trial? Now,
2: <laughs> this is the same thing I said. I was like, did somebody go in here and change yeah, this? Just, <laughs> that can't be true. Is this, they recently interviewed him? I don't know. It, there's no date, but when I read I was like, I was like, wait a second. Did day like Did somebody go in here and was like I want to pick this story to switch it up. Just it's yeah. the most random shit I have ever read. Weird.
1: That's weird. I don't know. I thought know. the same exact thing, yeah. man. I was like What? That's that and that gets the conspiracy people going like, <laughs> "Oh, people are talking about the coronavirus in 2017? Oh, uh, it is a it is a pandemic."
2: And I was like and it made me google like, "When did the uh, coronavirus it? come yeah. around? Did when it come around the at the end of last year and it just wasn't I don't know, man. It <laughs> no, was just, I, it was I was like, "What?" I mean, what? like,
1: listen, if he if he it still feels long. But it doesn't up. I still feels I was, it still feels long up. Like if he if he committed these uh crimes in 2017 and his trial took a year, it would still be 2019 at the latest.
2: At the end of 2019, probably.
1: Yeah. And then well well, well the, there was rumblings of the coronavirus um when I was in Ireland and really? that was that was in January. So Or that was no, that was in March. That was in March of 2019. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's possible. possible. Oh, okay, that's possible. That's why I looked up like, but it when was la- it when, wasn't... We, when we landed from Ireland. It was like, uh, have you been to China lately? Like mm. the the, the, the oh, rumblings, the, the rumblings had started. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: Because it wasn't when I looked up on Google, it wasn't until like February. It was yeah, like, but it wasn't it like, it was like
1: a like... thing though. Yeah. But again, know, if this, it, but also then you got to go. Okay, so you know, they were talking about coronavirus when I landed from Ireland back in March of last year, right? Yeah. Let's say they interview him uh from jail in december then it's possible that's possible yeah then it's, then it's possible it's possible that yeah it's possible. And if, uh,
2: but that's for him if for it was him to... an
1: interview from like if it was during his trial no but if it was an interview from jail but like this, was a, a,
2: this was a this was a this is a phone this was a tr- uh maybe it was
1: yeah that's possible okay that's that makes sense okay that's cool yeah because once the trial's finished everything he's in prison he's getting settled in whatever and then a phone prison interview it could have been January of this year. Yeah,
2: but for him to point that out when it's not like yeah, a, all the a, details not, aren't yeah yeah that's Everybody that's nuts. Con- everybody's confused about <laughs> it. yeah yeah uh, it was weird. That's nuts, and that's when you go as whoever was interviewing goes oh, okay, but that was prior to before it started blowing people started yeah. dying and it's like the interviewer oh, probably was shit.
1: like coronavirus. I don't even really know much about that.
2: Yeah, uh, so yeah, so Muhammad also compared um his killings to the corona corona the coronavirus, stating that he shot Mark Gask when he was on the ground to make sure he was dead. Muhammad stated, I wanted to kill him just like the coronavirus is killing white men right now.
1: Well, that's actually not true at all because it's really affecting people of color. So, you know, clearly he doesn't... Why would I be looking to him for um, real information? Sorry about that. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Uh, During testimony, Muhammad claimed he was a god and stated that God would would destroy America if African Americans were not given uh, reparations. He also claimed to take credit for the destruction of Paradise... California during the 2018 campfire. He Uh, said he
1: burned down some forests too?
2: He said he's going to take credit for it.
1: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, After
2: Muhammad's sentencing by the judge in the murder trials, statements were read in the the courtroom by family members and friends of the victims. Muhammad left the courtroom during the statements and later came back, Savage, came back to give his own statement. Muhammad responded by initially offering condolences and then talking about land and reparations for African-Americans.
1: He used it as a platform to talk about, yeah, uh, You know, uh, people are and grieving about,
2: and he's going on about.
1: Also, at this point, now, like again, like I said, there's probably a contingency of of black uh, militant, uh, black nationalist people who maybe were following this and were like right on, man. But for the most part, no black person hears what this person did and is like, let me tune into the C-SPAN channel to hear this dude who murdered people be like, first thing on the black agenda is. Black people need XY's like, man, you just said you were a god and all nobody's listening to you anymore. Your your uh uh um Apple box conversations yelling out to people that's it's just nonsense crazy now. Nobody yeah. like is listening to you. What do you just say sorry yeah. or don't and fuck off. Yeah. That's crazy, man.
2: Uh, so Muhammad's comments did not sit well with members of the audience, and some family members, um, angrily proclaimed for am- angrily cr- proclaimed for Muhammad to suffer the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Muhammad responded back, taunting the victims by blowing kisses.
1: Wow. Now, my question to you is, a hypothetical, because I think that so American History X, if anybody's seen, That's such a good fucking movie, and it's so relevant now. If anybody's n- never seen American History X, it's uh, Edward Norton. He plays a guy who becomes a radicalized, like, neo-Nazi, right? Now, if you are a white person, not saying it's right, but I understand, if you're a white person who's never met or been around black people, and your first experience with black people is a caricature of a black, like I mean, like, the thing that your great-great-grandmother told your mom about when you're, like, uh, black people are crazy and they're uh, animals, and when you meet a guy who killed your husband son whatever at work because he's white and then is in the courtroom blowing kisses uh spouting off crazy things about how white people are the devil and they're all gonna die and i'm god and black people are god if that's your first experience does that make sense to you as far as like you get wronged by a person in a horrible way let's say a white person like uh you know spit on your dad and, and, and called him a thing. And then from that, that in that you go, I hate white people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, does, I can, I'm saying I can understand it, but you need to see it within yourself to address it and try to change it. And I don't think that's what's happening. My question is, do you get that? Like this, like if every white person in that courtroom walked out of there and they go, I hate black people. Yeah. Right
2: I, well, I Well, I understand it from if, if somebody, a grandparent goes, This person does this. This how these people, and that's the only experience you have of that. Uh You go, oh yeah, that they, that he or she was right. Yeah, and I do hate. I understand that. Um, it's just like I'm using an example of like I don't like pears. Sure, because I think all pears are dry. So it's like I don't like pears.
1: Okay, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's
2: some juicy pears out there. There's Somebody probably, had like pears like, pears. oh, this is juicy. Yeah, but yeah, it's
1: definitely some juicy pears out there, man. I had one and it's I just go stop being pearished.
2: I, I had one and go. I hate pears. They're dry. taste like sandpaper. I don't like them. Wow. Um, really but I'm sure you probably like. Well, I had. There are some juicy pears. I got one downstairs. I haven't had that one. So I have,
1: yeah,
2: they're dry, nasty. I, I, and I don't I have, like. I
1: have, them. I have a jar of um um pears in their own pear juice. Yeah, keep them nice and juicy. Yeah. And so maybe. Well, I don't like pears,
2: so that's my example. I don't. I wouldn't try them
1: man the way you said that you really said pair with the hard r and it really made me uncomfortable so let's pairs whoa what what's wrong with really that? lean on the r in the pair let's just move on okay it's really hateful let's just
2: but i don't like i don't like we what what's I wrong with
1: that don't like, i don't like am i missing th- something or i just don't think pairs want to you can't say the r that hard on on pair like that let's just i can't on. i just don't like pairs though. all man. right man look i think I we're like gonna him. get some letters about that let's just move on okay but i don't like pairs
2: though what am I supposed to say? I don't like pear?
1: All right, man. Listen, we're gonna get flagged. Okay, coming off very Paris, and let's move right. on. I don't like him. Um, Jesus Christ, that was dark.
2: Sorry. Uh, where was that? Oh yeah. So again, he re- Muhammad responded back to taunting the victims by blowing kisses. Mm. They have this whole thing about him, um, being a uh, nation of Islam, and that yeah. Muhammad's belief included a mixture of nation of Islam as also voodoo. Um, which he said that. Which he said is called Kali Sufi, which is his uh, album album cover name. Or?
1: Oh, that's that's like a that's a term for voodoo.
2: I would I believe so. Wow. Um, so he uh so he used necklaces for his voodoo religion and referred himself as God. Referred to himself as God. Sorry. So in February, Muhammad released two hip hop albums on iTunes and YouTube under the name of Be God Maxon. The Los Angeles Times noted that Muhammad sang that, um, saying. Saying that he was in a a saint, a black, a black god, and that the album's contents repeatedly uh, referenced um, violence between black and white people.
1: Jeez, yeah, so, um, race war, the album, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but Muhammad, Corey Muhammad, was convicted of um, second degree murder of Carl Williams, Mark Gassett. Zachary Randalls and was convicted of first degree murder of David Jackson with special circumstances pertaining to hate crime on race mm. and four attempted second degree murders on April twenty second, twenty twenty. Okay. This, yep. The second phase of Muhammad's murder trial was to involve a sanity phase in which, in which it in which it was to determine if um he was sane at the time of his murders. Muhammad's defense team made a deal with the prosecution to remove Muhammad's possible death penalty for the murders and for Muhammad to receive a life sentence in prison in exchange for the sanity phase of the trial to be withdrawn. Muhammad was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm. And that is the story of the 2017 Fresno shooting spree of, um, of Corey Muhammad, Jack, I'm sorry, I gotta, um, I gotta um, end on this. Oh god please. Of um, <laughs> of, uh... <laughs> yeah, I can see the I can see the hatred in your eyes, man. I can see it in your eyes. I can see the hatred Me? of this guy in your uh, eyes.
1: yeah, that's very you should see that. I hate this guy for many reasons. But especially his this sounds like also it kinda has a juggalo feel to it. It feels like insane clown posse music. I don't like this man. <laughs>
2: Gonna put you in your place, man.
1: He's not talking to this me. This is
2: Corey Ali Muhammad. Well, he's not talking to me. I'm gonna see. I can see his album. You can look it up. Don't be Ma- be God Maxon. Don't do that on iTunes. Don't do that. I can see. i I can see the link. Soon, Please don't send this. that
1: link to me. I would greatly appreciate it, Not ended up on some kind of list. Hey,
2: man. I can see the hatred in your eyes. Don't don't disrespect the album like that. It's fire,
1: yeah. Um. No, what up, he, knock, he, up a dunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that Ready be. for the pump. Nuck a dunk. nuck a luck a dump. Okay, cool. Got it. Thank you, Corey uh, Muhammad. Uh, that was... Hey, man. You, you got hey, to, uh, hey. I'm not going to repeat those, but you heard them. You ain't got time for a motherfucker bitch, man. <laughs> Shout out to him. Uh, no, not not at all, actually. Uh, uh, he is right where he needs to be. Yeah, that is a, for sure. He's a terrible person, yeah. and his rap skills are subheart best, Yeah. best <laughs> uh, at worst uh, poisonous to my ears. And I hate him. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back friend, my affirmative murder this week, as I said, at the top of the show, mm-hmm. um, when I read about them finding the, um, the, uh, unmarked graves in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I wanted to do some research on just some other, uh, historic, uh, you know, uh, riots and massacres and attacks in this country. Yeah. And I fell on a, one that I wasn't really familiar with, even though I've heard of the movie that was uh, made based on the story. I'd never seen it. And I probably will have to watch it after, you know, w- doing this research and find okay. out all about other all stuff. So uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of the Rosewood Massacre. Um, you need my,
2: some uh, background music? No, 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 no. Please don't play that. Please. Oh, okay, no,
1: God, no. Uh, don't ever <laughs> play it ever. Um, anywhere. Um, uh, my sources were blacklist.org and history.com okay so on January 1st 1923 a massacre was carried out in the small predominantly black town of Rosewood in central Florida the massacre was instigated by the rumor that a white woman named Fanny Taylor had been sexually assaulted by a black man in her home in a nearby community oh,
2: not one of these stories
1: Yeah, it is one of these stories a group of white men believing the rapist's to be a recently escaped convict named Jesse Hunter, who was hiding in Rosewood, assembled to capture this man. Uh, though the town was originally settled in 1854 by both black and white people, black codes and Jim Crow laws in the years after the Civil War fostered segregation in Rosewood and much of the South, as we know. Uh, employment was provided by a pencil factory or multiple pencil factories. It was really... Pencil factory? Hot time, man. You mm. know, kids don't, you know, basically, uh, cursive is dead. And the written language is starting to die out because kids don't write anymore. Yeah.
2: Well, I just, the only thing I can write in Cursive is my name.
1: Sure, but like you know how to write. Oh, yeah. These kids now are remedial, remedial at best at the written language. Yeah. Because they, t- they text they te- and type. They
2: text and then we're, to get in school now, so it's like everything's on a
1: laptop. Yeah. But at the, you know, this is the opposite of that. At 18 years, like everybody needed a pencil. didn't Write letters to people, anything like that. So you could, you could support a whole town on pencil factory jobs because that's how hot of a commodity a pencil was.
2: Do they still make pencils now?
1: I have to imagine that you, a pencil is necessary in some kind of way. The only time I used the written language is to sign documents and you have to sign them in pen. So I don't know the last time I used a pencil, I guess for yeah. art purposes, for shading and things like that. that I, but draw, I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't know the last time I used a pencil, especially not like a number two pencil yeah. with an eraser and all that kind of, You know, so. I don't know what the purpose of Damn, pencils man, are these days. Changing. Yeah, man, things have really changed. I don't know, even like in an office, if you're an office administrator or an administrative assistant or anything like that, you're probably sending emails and text and texting and typing and things like that or using Slack. Like, who's writing with pencil these days?
0: Yeah, Again, you
1: got to sign some documents. You can e-sign these days, honestly. Yeah. A lot of documents Sing you can just sign it. on the internet. They just, you know. But yeah. if I do sign something it's in pen, so I don't really know. It's crazy how far we've come. I don't think But can, can you write a whole
2: sent can you write a whole sentence in cursive? Yeah. Again?
1: Yeah, I mean cursive it's not supposed to be connected everything each word is separated
2: i'm not talking about that but
1: can i have a hard time with the z because it's like a three and then you bump it out and swing it back up Yeah, but
2: that's what i mean can you do all the letters in cursive offhand no i probably would need to
1: look up all right that's that's what that was my yeah just off 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 memory i could probably do um however many letters are in the alphabet i think it's 26 maybe 23 i can't remember right now whatever i don't care that kind of knowledge doesn't help me but i could probably do like 85 percent of the letters but then you come across you come across one or two that's like oh i don't know how to do that yeah but like like my r's my my r's and my uh my r's and my s's kind of look hard because the lowercase s is difficult it's difficult
2: and r looks like an n kind of a little bit that's what i meant the
1: r's look like an n sometimes because it's yeah it's uh, cursive is stupid yeah
2: and like an m
1: Different. Yeah, yeah, then the M is like three bumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. That cursive is stupid. Um anyway, so this town was being um very much uh empowered and run and people were making lively, you know, uh, making uh have their livelihood was based on the pencil factories. Yeah. Um but because of the uh popular uh, the the popularity of the pencil factory, they over uh forested the trees in this town of Rosewood and the factory started to close because there was no more trees. So uh the once once the tree population white population was decimated uh white flight started and all the white families moved away in the 1890s and settled in a, in a nearby town of Sumner like Baltimore City like Baltimore City leaving you know so you left the high population of black people Yep. which I have some things I want to talk about as that as well cuz you just again when I was talking about the the foundation of this country and all this kind of stuff you you see the the beginning of how the lines were drawn and how they are today yeah. in a story like this So uh, by the 1920s, Rosewood's population of about 200 was entirely made up of black citizens. Mm. The remnants of the people who were left over after the jobs were shut down and the factories closed down and all the white people left. Yeah. Yes. And it became a predominantly black uh, area. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it was entirely made up of black citizens, except for one white family that ran the general store.
0: So they were like, corner stores, well, something yeah, like that. Yeah. You
1: know, and we can make some money here. Yeah. You know, Cause people need to eat and buy bread and whatever, get juice. And so like, they found a business opportunity there and stick and stuck around. Maybe they were the, they always had been there when, when the pencil factory was up and running big time. And the guy was like, I'm going to stick around here. Like, this is my business Yeah, and these people are still customers. So he stayed and he serviced the people of this town, even though all the white people left. Yeah.
2: Like the Asians or the,
1: or the, Japanese. Korean. Oh, Korean. Yes. Yeah, 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 all, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. They come in and, and, and mm-hmm. open up a corner store or whatever like that. But this was like more of a, a general store. I guess a corner store is like a general store. It's like anything under the sun that you might need. Batteries, yeah. bread, milk. Um. So, yeah. So there was one family in town that's that had stuck around even after the white flight took place. And uh the white flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, they stayed in town and they ran a general store. On January 1st, 1923, in Sumner, Florida, 22-year-old Fannie Fanny Taylor was heard screaming by a neighbor. The neighbor found uh, Taylor covered in bruises and claiming a black man had entered uh, her house and assaulted her. She didn't say rape. She only said that she had been assaulted. But the word assault was interpreted as sexual violence by the white men in her town of Sumner, Florida. So all they, heard, all they saw was like a bruised woman, a black man did this. Oh, he raped her, and she's like, "No, no, no! He he attacked me, no, no." And then you know, uh, what is it? Telephone. The telephone game gets played. Yeah, you heard about Fannie, Mae? You know, she got assaulted by a black dude. She got raped by a nigger. And then, it, boom! Now it's and now you know now people are rallying. You know, mobs mean? are forming and all these kind of. I things. was
2: thinking about this this thing yesterday at work randomly. Mm-hmm. Recipes, Till. but it was just like. That whole thing of just like that lady lied and yeah on her deathbed she goes... at best at oh.
1: best Emmett Till was with his boys and was like hey what's up beautiful how you doing sweet thing and she took so much much offense to that that she went and got her husband and said that this boy accosted her but it wasn't true though well yeah the him him touching her but, wasn't true right but that's what I'm saying but yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: to go on your deathbed and go yeah that oh, man, that, my that, bad. I made that like up. I was thinking about that
1: I was like that is like.
2: That's great, yo! I can't even, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that one. I just, that's wild to me, man. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, it's crazy, man. A lot of dark stuff in this country, man. A lot of stuff people are take took with them to their graves. Yeah. I mean, I know that's probably
2: happily happened to a lot of black people during that time, but yeah. Emmett Till is the most biggest. Yeah, it's, it's very story well that we know. It's so that's the, test the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. and you know, shout out to his mother because she did a very brave thing and having an open casket and telling yeah. people, I want people, I want the, I want the world to see what they did to my son. You know, that was a very brave decision she made. Yeah. Um, let's see. So like I said, she just said, I got assaulted. Yeah. But it turned into this whole thing, this white woman was raped by this Negro, and this is unacceptable. Who did this? Rallying, you know, and um, it got pretty out of hand. As word of Taylor's claim spread, some black people in Rosewood who worked in Sumner said that the assailant had actually been Taylor's lover, and her story was a cover to spare her husband's wrath. Mm. So she just, you know, allegedly, Blamed it on a black dude because her lover had, you know, put hands on her out of anger or something like that. And instead of getting her lover in trouble in trouble, and then her husband comes and is knows who to fuck up, she threw it on a random attack by a black dude. Yeah. A thing that has also stood the test of time and has made it all the way to 2020 and is something that, you know, happens. That lady yeah. in that park in New York, I'm like, call the police on you and they're going to. I'm going to say a black man is attacking me. You know, yeah. that is, that is still a thing. So I'm that, get,
2: Her lover was a white guy. That I don't know. I don't oh. have the
1: details of like who her lover was, but apparently it was just like, um, I don't want to get my lover in trouble. So I'll throw it on a random black dude, a mythical, you know, made up black person. Yeah, so she can thing. go back to him. Yeah. And just, and that it, it's not adultery. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, Oh, my lover did this. It's like, Oh, you're cheating on me. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, this was just a random attack. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the black people were like, mm, I don't know. Uh Fanny gets around. She got a little boyfriend. He works at the thing. And I don't know. I don't think it was a black dude. Yeah. Uh t- t- uh this this information is according to Maxine Jones, uh, a Florida State University professor of African American history.
2: Black people don't have that. Have what? Not that we you know, not that I'm saying but what you, like black people don't can't go, yeah, a white guy uh attacked me and then they it people believe it. They well juicy
1: Juicy did that. What? He said that those MAGA people attacked and poured bleach on him. You know, I mean, it didn't go anywhere. He's, That's like, what I mean. he's like going. It's like probably gonna get in tr- trouble, or they're not letting that go. It turned into a whole. And it thing. was
2: quick too. It was pretty fast. Yeah, it
1: was pretty fast. It was like, um, you're lying.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about for the opposite. Yeah, where it's just like uh, guaranteed, with, yeah. and they just
1: believe you immediately. And I'm, yeah, it, it, it is a privilege of very few people that yeah. you can just go. Um, uh, even the same thing like uh, the kid. There was a swimmer when the um Olympics were in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like was. He like peed in a in a gas station or something and was fucking with people and uh he got he got like arrested or something and he was like, uh no, a Brazilian dude attacked me. I think I remember that. Yeah, and they were like and then they found out he just like he lied just got, lied. And he got kicked out of the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, just he just that. like he just like lied. Yeah. As opposed to taking responsibility for your action, you just like put it off on a a, a minority person. You know, which is so dangerous. And it's also crazy that your brain goes there, It's like, no, it wasn't me, it was uh this black dude. Yeah.
2: Got thrown, so I won't get in trouble, got thrown on somebody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, shout out to Maxine Jones. She was a um, Florida State professor who was very involved in this in, in the 80s when the um, case started to make waves again. People were talking about it because somebody wrote an article about it, which I'll get into, but Maxine Jones um, is a like a historian of all things African-American history, but she knows a lot of the details of this p- particular incident. Yeah. Uh, While the fear of black-on-white violence had been stoked across the South since the days of early slavery... Uh, particularly in the areas where blacks outnumber whites, Taylor's claim was especially malign. And also I just want to, um, this all, what I just said also comes into play from like what your story, we touched on in a little bit and just in the country and the climate and the election coming up. When you don't reckon with uh, past things and how some of the things that this country were built on are, were detrimental to people and dangerous and evil and still, um, Uh, ruminate through policy and just society today, you're going to always have an instant. Ever since black people were emancipated, quote unquote, Mm. white people in this country have always felt like they're going to get us back. Like we whipped them, we this, we did that and did this. And so they, they, a lot of white people in this country have remained on the offensive since the day slavery was abolished. Because they're like, they're not just going to let, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let that uh, somebody do this to me. So they're definitely going to like rise up and come get us. Or just want equality or just that, (laughs) but or just, (laughs) or just that, but no, it's like, no, they want to do to us what we did to them. And that fear has traveled through generations. Is that real? Yeah, man. Uh I mean, what do you think a race war is? What do you think the whole, that term is based on? It's
2: based on I think of it as white people trying to take over what they once had and won it again.
1: What do they not have? What do you mean? I'm about- no, but I'm, what I'm saying is, yes, I understand what you're saying. Yes. But I'm saying the, the whole it's it's a it's fear based. Okay. White people are saying, oh, they're coming for they're coming for our position and our place and gotcha. whatever. And black yeah. people are like, I'm sick of this and oppression and anger and all that's the idea of what a race war is. Mm. Right? Okay. But it goes back to the day after slavery was abolished yeah when they go okay um well uh you know we took the chains off and go you guys can just go and then those people didn't get a good night's sleep that night because they go i mean they're probably going to come and try to slit our throats in our sleep or something like that and that fear has has translated through generations of people passing down like one day you know gotta keep an eye on them because one day they're gonna uh revolt that, that, and it was passed down and passed down and passed down. Same on the other side. You know, man, look, you can't trust white people. They're evil and this, that, yeah. and the third. And now you get in a position where the, the lowest, poorest black person and the lowest, poorest white person have never been around a black person or a white person and despise them. Mm. Because of what generational hatred. It's passed down. Yeah. The stories that you heard. White people did this. They're evil. They did this, you know, and they spit on me and the fire hoses and all this kind of stuff. And black people, man, they think everything is is your fault and they blame you because of your white skin and just you just work hard and they think that you have all this privilege and they're animals oh, and all this kind of stuff. And so and then you get to 2020 and you got, you know, everybody's poor. Black, white, whatever. We're all poor, but we're focused on race. Yeah. You know, instead of coming together and, you know, tackling the real issues, which is that the wealthiest people in this country are bleeding the working class dry and standing on our backs while they drink, you know, fucking delicious beverages and eat fucking prime rib. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's just crazy, man. It, it It just it never went away fear of a race war the divide it's always just it's always bubbling and then it hits a peak we're at a peak now mm-hmm. it hits a peak every couple decades though the rodney king riots—it hits a peak oh man race war you know spike lee puts out a movie oh my god a race war every yeah. because it's never been really addressed so you know i i like to think that this time is different maybe through all the you know it's crazy and angry and everybody's you know tense and everything but it's being addressed. Yeah. People are learning things. I get emails from people saying, oh man, I never had thought of that perspective before. Thank you for talking about that. And we're not here to educate anybody. We don't no. know a fucking thing. We both dropped out of college and you know it wasn't really that interesting. And anything that I learned, I've I've learned from watching like YouTube videos, right? Yeah. I'm not here to try to teach anybody anything. But I, we do get those emails just because we're providing a perspective that people might not have thought of before. Yeah. And I think that's important. And I think that that's a sign of the time that we're in right now specifically. I think it usually is just like, everybody's mad nobody's listening or learning and then we move on and then it happens again but i think we're in a time now where people are really absorbing what people are saying yeah even if they're mad about it they don't like it you know i'm white i don't have white privilege but like hear it though hear it hear hear what we mean get past the white part and just understand what we're saying about you know systemically what this country is built on and why that might benefit you more than it benefits me yeah and if you can hear that even if it makes you angry it makes you uncomfortable you don't like it just hear it you know that's all I'm saying. Black people like me learn about your history, learn about where you come from, really understand who you come from, and 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 what your role in this country was, because you weren't just some a dog that they used to till the fields. Like slave, slaves were people. Yeah. they had a life, they had a family, they had you know things that they enjoyed to do. Those were people. You can't you know. So let's just stop saying slave and say learn. Who who who, who was your ancestor? I think we're in a time where everybody's doing that. We're all going on our own little journeys, and I think that that's. Different than any other time that has been. I think it's different this time, and I could be wrong, but I just I have ho- I have hope and I have faith in, in America, man. I really do, and I think that this time is different. Now let me continue to talk about this time. All these white people got together and killed all these black people. <laughs> um, like I said, so Fannie Taylor, her claim couldn't have come in a worse time. It already was like inflammatory and terrible and dangerous, right? But it just so happened that a KKK rally in a nearby town of Gainesville was just around the corner. Not like not, it was only six days uh before that uh, before she made this claim that they were going to be in the nearby town uh so she made this claim it started to get word around town and people started to rally together and with tensions high her words set in motion six days of violence fires and death the group of men believed this rapist to be a recently escaped convict named jesse hunter who was hiding in rosewood they assembled to capture this man along with Aaron Carrier and Sam Carter, who were believed to be his accomplices. The white mob was led by dogs to the home of Aaron Carrier in Rosewood. Carrier was the nephew of Sarah Carrier, who did the laundry for Fannie Taylor. The horde of men dragged Carrier out of his house, tied him to a car, and dragged him to Sumner, Damn. where he was cut loose and beaten. He survived the drag? Barely, but yeah. And then he got beat when they, when, he got, when they went from the old town that they white fled. They got the Sumner. They dragged him from town to town and then beat him up. And then the sheriff named Sheriff Walker had to jump in and go, hey, all right, man, this is enough. He put Carrier in his car and he drove him to Gainesville where the Klan rally had just happened. So I don't know how safe he could have been there, but they drove him to Gainesville where he placed him into protective custody um, in Gainesville. Another mob showed up at the home of blacksmith Sam Carter torturing him until he quote until he quote admitted that he was hiding hunter Mm. and he agreed to take them to the hiding spot he just had to say something so they could stop exactly Damn. carter led them to the woods but when when hunter failed to appear he ran no someone Uh, in the mob shot him oh my goodness his body was hung on a tree before the mob Mm. moved on the sheriff's office attempted and failed to break up the white mobs and advised black workers to stay in their places of employment for safety. The sheriffs were scared? Yeah, they were like, oh, "We, can, oh, this is out of control, man. I don't really know what we can...
2: The fuck you a sheriff for?
1: Well, I mean, a sheriff is meant to, especially in, in, the eight, in like 1920, a sheriff is meant to catch like one guy. So it might be a sheriff and a deputy and maybe, or a sheriff and like three deputies. If a mob of 40 white people come with guns, it's like, I mean, I can just go... Hey man, stop this! I'm the sheriff, and they go shut up. Then uh, what do you do next? Nothing.
2: I think they they would listen to him. You go
1: and you tell the black people, hey man, listen, I don't have any control over this. Hide, and that's what he did. I believe. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, The angry mob also suspected Aaron Carrier's cousin Sylvester, a Rosewood resident, of harboring Jesse Hunter. On January 4th, 1923, a group of 20 to 30 white men approached the Carrier home and shot the family dog. As many as 25 people, mostly children, had taken refuge in the home of Sarah Carrier when, on the night of January 4th, the men surrounded the house. When Sylvester's mother, Sarah, came out to the porch to confront the mob, they shot and killed mm, her.
2: I was hoping you weren't going to say that.
1: shot and killed her. Sylvester defended his home. Killing two men and wounding four, mm. in uh, in the ensuing battle, before he too was killed. Mm. I also, read, I also read something that you know they they you know there was a shootout. They start they they lit the house on fire. All the kids got out and ran away, including Sylvester. He got out, but they eventually caught up to him when he held up at like a a, a, a mill, and they made him dig his own grave, and then they killed him and buried him in that grave. Damn, uh, I'm gonna dig my own grave. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, you're gonna have to work. I'm for running. This. Yeah, I'm running. Either way, I'm not doing any extra work for you. Nah, fuck that. And whenever I see that in the movie, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not going to dig my own grave. Because you're going to kill me. That's why I'm digging it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you I'm know, dying I'm not anyway, going to help so... you. Nah. I'm not helping you cut corners. Hey, what's that? Run. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably had old guns. Get you on. might have had a chance. Yeah,
2: so like, that's what I mean. Run. Do right. some flips and some Got uh, turns and yeah. stuff.
1: I mean, you got a better shot than just digging your own grave and getting yeah, in the grave, sure, and then sure. and then like asking them sure. not to do, it, you know, because either they, way, is terrifying. They've come this fault. far; they're not going to change their mind. Like, you know what? You made a good point in this in the speech you gave inside of this grave. Yeah. So we're not going to kill you now.
2: Get the shovel, get some dirt, fling blind them
1: a little bit. Oh, you got it all planned out. Well, let's hope this doesn't have to come. I don't know effect. if it's more than one. That pipe won't work. Oh, oh, you no, know. it was like thirty. of them. Okay, then. Yeah, <laughs> <more>. <laughs> uh, like, oh my eyes! Uh, other twenty nine people. people. Yeah, get them. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so Sylvester was killed eventually, including his mother was killed in front of him, and then um, a battle started where he took out two, two, he killed two men and injured four. He them. went out fighting, man. Went out fighting. The remaining survivors fled to the swamps for refuge, where other African Americans had also taken up, uh, where other African American residents had also taken up to hide for safety in the water. Well, like just down by the water. Oh, but I said, yeah, no, I down, no, 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 just down by the water. No, no, no. okay. The next day. The white mob burned down the carrier home before joining with a group of two hundred men from the surrounding Damn. from the surrounding towns who had heard erroneously that a black man had killed two white men. Oh shit is that's the only part of the story that they got. Wow. They're like, first of all, a fucking black monster raped a white woman. And then I think it might have been the same they probably think it's like a super it's- evil uh uh black dude, like, and that same dude killed two white men. They're like, oh no. Like you have like the racist alarm went off. Yeah. And they turned into a mega mob from all the time. They're like, they're killing white people? Like, this dude is some type of. They're like, it's the race uh, war.
2: Superhero or something. Yeah. Just he's a negative He's raping scene.
1: white women, yeah. he's killing black people. And they were like, oh, it's, it's going down. The race war. So they combined forces with all these other mobs and made a mega white mob wow. of racism. For one person. Well, if they no, they were coming to destroy the whole town. Oh, okay. They were like, "No, get them all." This, well, they got you know, there they, because they, of one person. though. what well, 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 the one person being Fannie Taylor who told a lie and kind of sparked this whole thing. But all it was the, But yes, the, they the one yeah, yeah, person yeah. named uh what was his name? The guy that they everybody everybody kept thinking he was a uh, Jesse Hunter. Yeah. Who honestly, I don't even know if his his name ever comes up in this as he got killed. I don't even know if he ever was like a guy that was found.
2: Is he like chasing the wrong people or?
1: Well, every everybody, there's a guy named Jesse Hunter who escaped from prison. Mm-hmm. And he was holding up in, uh, in, uh, what's the name of this town again? Oh, Rose? Uh, in Rosewood. Uh-huh. This guy, Jesse Hunter, was holding up in Rosewood. The white men in the town, once Fannie Taylor got attacked, they were like, uh, Fannie Taylor's dry cleaning lady or whatever, Sarah, has a cousin. And I bet he knows where Jesse Hunter is, because I heard Jesse Hunter is hiding in Rosewood. And yeah. Sarah and her cousin... Are from Rosewood, mm-hmm. so then they go and they go find Sam and uh, and Aaron, so they go find Sam and Aaron and they're like, "Where's Jesse Hunter?" Sam got the hell beat out of him and dragged to another town, and they didn't get any inf- information out of him. And then Aaron just said anything for them to stop hitting him and said, "Oh, I'll, I'll take you to him." They took him out to the to the woods where there's no Jesse Hunter. They mm. kill him, hang him from a tree. Yeah. So I don't know if. While I continue the story, I don't know if Jesse Hunter is ever found. Not that he did anything. I don't know other than escape from jail. But he kind of is the boogeyman of this story. And I don't, I don't remember reading something where they go and they finally found Jesse Hunter and did this to him as revenge for this story that they thought happened. They just killed everybody who they thought knew where Jesse Hunter was. That's crazy. So, like I said, the next day they kind of they formed this mega mob of two, with a uh, two hundred men from the surrounding towns. And uh, as the night de- as as the night descended. The mob attacked the town, slaughtering animals, burning buildings, and uh, officials claim report that six blacks and two whites were killed. Other accounts suggest a larger total. At the end of the carnage, only two buildings remained standing. A house and the town general store. Owned by the only white family in town. Wow. So throughout all that rage and carnage, they were able to recognize, now that's that's a white man's business, so leave that alone." alone. Mm-hmm.
2: What was the house? It was their house. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. So That's they, didn't, they
1: didn't burn down their business or their home, uh, <laughs> uh, but it is it. it the, uh, but luck, lo- um, not luckily. These, was they in on it? No, they were good. They, oh, they, okay. These were good people, and they were harboring um, black residents in the basement of their of their um, general store. They better they pay their bills. Sure, but they also you have to. I also have to give credit because this is what you know in this time. This is what their privilege looked like. You know, they were given the benefit of the doubt. I was like, oh, you're white. You hate black people the way we hate black people. We won't burn down your store. And they go, yes. Uh, it's like how um, the, in the Diary of Anne Frank, you know, um, people who weren't Jewish were hiding Jewish people in their crawl spaces and stuff because they didn't agree with what was going on. Yeah. Right. So these guys don't agree with what's going on. But instead of dying with everybody else, they go, yeah, man, black people. Hoof. I can't stand them either, but they're hiding in their basement. They're protecting yeah. them. They're using their skin and their shield of privilege yep. to protect these people who are in danger. You know, and that's what allyship looks like. these These dudes are. This dude was who owned this general store was a great ally. And I have more on what what else he did, but I'll continue. But no, they did not burn his house. Down. Everything the whole town burned down, but they Except didn't burn the down house. his house, and they didn't burn down the general. Was store. it
2: next to each other across the street or something?
1: I don't know. They. I mean. That would make more sense because if not, they Just really they houses. really knew. Oh, this house is too nice. Right. It's probably the white man's house in town or something. I don't know, but they knew they knew it was his house and they knew it was his. Like story. five
2: blocks away, it's the only house yeah. standing up. Like but
1: it. also, this like I said, I don't know. I know this, the 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 facts of how long this guy was there, but a lot of these people who were in Rosewood doing this used to live in Rosewood. Yeah, so they might know that so guy. Know guy. The, was he was the too. general store owner. He's yeah. Mister Whatever, you know. So they they might still remember that even though they all left and he stayed. Uh, um, oh, Lexi Gordon was one of the people who was murdered. Taking a gunshot to her face as she hid under the ber- uh, under her burning house. Gordon had sent her children fleeing when white attackers approached, but suffering from typhoid fever, she stayed behind. Some black women and children escaped thanks to John and William Bryce, two wealthy brothers who owned a train. Aware of the violence in Rosewood. And familiar with the population, the brothers drove their train to the area and invited escapees through, uh, though they refused to take in black men, afraid of being attacked by the white mobs. This is crazy. This is like the the night of the Titanic. Like when the Titanic sank, it was women and children first. And then some men were like, no, fuck that, man. I want to get on the boat. So I'm sure there were men who were like, man, if you don't let me on this fucking train. But they're saying, if you're on this train. They're definitely gonna pull the train over and kill everybody, kill us for helping. But if it's just women and children on here, maybe they won't say anything. So we can't have any black men on the on the train because that's who they're looking for. And some men probably go n- the noble thing and go, "Yeah, man, I'm you know we gotta protect the women and children. Let's get out of here." But I'm sure there were some dudes like, "Man, if you don't let me on this fucking train, I don't know which I would have been." If my, fam- like if, my a family- if my family get on
2: there, I'm getting on that damn train.
1: I'm sure there was a lot of cases of that, though. But yeah, but, but also, if the guy's like, "Hey, man," then your family can't get on the train.
2: Well, then I'll I'll have to just say, "Fuck it." But it's, it'll get the. Feeling it'll be like, a fight. you It'll, try it'll to be do. a fight to go. Well, if they go, I can't be there to protect them.
1: Yeah, but you being there could be the reason that they need protecting. So that's a hard yeah. decision to make, you know. Because, like in your story, how that guy, Muhammad Rapperman, was yeah. killing white men. Big God, yeah. Now, they were killing white women, too, as I just mentioned. Um, he was killing white women. Yeah, have a, uh, Lexi Gordon, who I mentioned, who was sick. What a white man was? Yeah. So, they weren't just killing um, black men, but they were looking for a black man. Why were they killing white women? Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. They were killing, they were killing black women oh, and okay. black men. okay. I'm about sorry. To say I missed that. Was, <laughs> I, that was a slip. They were killing black women and black men. Oh, okay. But they were looking for a black, a black man. Yeah. So they were just getting black women just in a way or they were, I mean, anybody, they, they killed this black woman, Lexi Gordon. She was hiding underneath their house. So I think it was just, it was just a hate filled night. Yeah. But their goal was to find a black man. So I think the thought of these two wealthy uh, train owners were like, if there's no black men on the train, maybe they won't stay. They'll leave us alone. It increases our chances of getting, so he was an ally to the black, the train. I mean, yeah, the train. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, cool. they, they were allies, but they were like, listen, man, we, we don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. So we're already risking our lives helping. But if we have a bunch of black men on this train, the train's going to get pulled how over. How
2: would they see if black men is on the train? They stopped I don't know train? what
1: trains look like in 19... Amazing. Oh. I'm sure it wasn't like a huge train. It sounds like they were able to pull it up and be like, hey guys, Hop on. get on our train. Yeah. So maybe it was very easy to see, had windows and stuff. I don't really know the details of that. But they were, they were very adamant that if you're on this train, you put everybody in danger. So... Uh, many of those who fled by train had been hidden in the home of the white general store owner named John Wright and continued to do so throughout the violence. So they made multiple trips. Mm. He was hiding them in. He was like, okay, you know, get 10 more, go take them to the train, you know? So he was kind of like, you know, uh white Harriet Tubman. Yeah. Not to, not to, not to diminish her thing, but uh, that's the only comparison I can, I can think of right now as a person who's getting
2: them out of, getting it. Them out of the, you know, yeah. you
1: know, so, uh, you know, uh, John Wright continued to do so throughout the violence. Sheriff Walker helped terrified residents make their way to Wright's store, who would then arrange escape with the uh, the help of the of the Bryce brothers. Mm-hmm. So they would, he would come, they would hide at the general store, and uh, John Wright would make arrangements with the Bryce brothers, and then they would arrange a time for them to pull up the train and then get the people that were hiding in the store to the train and get them out of th- th- the fuck out of there.
2: Yeah, the Bryce brothers were the train operators. Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, Florida Governor Gary Hardy offered offered to send the National Guard to help, but Sheriff Walker declined the help, believing he had the situation under control, which I don't know how he could have thought that. Yeah. They burned the whole thing down. Uh, but I think maybe he thought, we got all the black people out, and so they'll just start to calm down eventually once they run out of black people to be looking for. And that's what happened. Mobs, mobs began to disperse after several days, but on January 7th, many returned to finish off the town burning what little remained of it to the ground, except for the home of John Wright. A special, grand, a, special, a special grand jury and a special prosecutor were appointed by the governor to investigate the violence. The jury heard the testimonies of nearly 30 witnesses, mostly white, over several days, but claimed to not find enough evidence for prosecution. Uh, duh. The surviving citizens of Rosewood did not return, Fearful that the horrific bloodshed would reoccur, the story of Rosewood faded away quickly. Most newspapers stopped reporting on it soon after the violence had uh, ceased, and many survivors kept quiet after about about their experience, even to subst- subsequent family members. So people who survived were like, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't even want to speak this. I don't want them to come after me, and I just wanted um, the reason I, I, I wanted to." I want to take another jump. I know I'm doing a lot of like I'm um, going off on tangents about this, but it's just a lot to unpack. And there's a lot of real stuff in in these stories for anybody who's listening this, to this all over this country. Right. You know, we have listeners from all kinds of random places in this country. Right. And you might go, man, there's not a lot of black people in my town. I don't know. Maybe black people just don't like, uh, you know, like it here in Idaho or in Michigan or Wisconsin or whatever. Right. You have no idea. Your town might've been filled with black people at a point. And then they could have got ran out, like these like these black people got ran out of Rosewood, and then they just never came back, right? So there's, there's history and there's context to a lot of things in this country. And this town, Rosewood, was once a small town that was 98% black, except for one white dude who owned a store. And then one day, this mob of angry white people came, burned the whole town down, and then they never returned to Rosewood. So I'd be interested to see what Rosewood looks like in 2020.
2: That's what I'm trying to look up now.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see like if it's if it's a town, if it's functioning, if it's if it's if it's.
2: It looks like um, they have like a little, um, it's like a what you call it? Like one of the things you go when you go to a woods, they tell you about this area. What is it? What's what those things
1: called? Oh, like a like a like a placard. Like yeah, they yeah. got
2: one of those. They got like a big white house. That's the last house that was
1: standing. Oh, so it's like a it's like a monument kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And okay. it's like trees. Another, this is cool. I would another, love to yeah, go another, here. another place I'm interested in going. Yeah, another place I'd be interested to check out. Yeah, but it
2: got it got one of these pictures. It got um up for sale. A rare link to the dark history of Rosewood, the last house that was standing, which is up all for white sale. Town. This might have been old, but it was.
1: I wouldn't uh, want to live in that
2: town at yeah. all. But it says the last, the last house standing is like this. Yeah, yeah it's like it's 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 a, it's a, it's, a fam- it's
1: a famous thing. It's a thing. It's like a thing. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I would
2: love to go see that.
1: Yeah, I would love to see it, and then I would not be standing in that town. The probably oh my god the the like. The vibes and the, oh my God, the pain and the anger The pictures of the guy that was hung. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm That's crazy. Um, it was in 1982 when Gary Moore, a journalist for the St. Petersburg Times, resurrected the story of Rosewood through a series of articles that gained national attention. The living survivors of the massacre at that point, all in their 80s, came forward, led by Rosewood descendant Arnett Doctor. And demanded restitution from Florida. The action led to the passing of a bill that awarded them $2 million, which split between nine survivors amounted to $150,000, which also I wanted to just talk about as well. Because, again, I'm sorry to keep going on these tangents, but there's also this relevant historical context that I just want to piece in with this story since we're, you know, since this story is about black history. Right. I don't know how much money any of the people in Rosewood could have made in a lifetime, but their houses were burned down. Any jobs that they might've had were lost. They had to up, uproot themselves and move to a different town. And then for 80 or for 19 from 1920 to 1994, they had to live with the trauma of seeing people killed and hung in this awful night. And for all of that, they got $150,000. Now, if a person was able to work and build equity in their home and all that kind of stuff throughout that whole time, build generational wealth. They keep, uh, plant roots in rosewood and just, you know, it, and they just make a living. I'm not saying they, all these people would have become millionaires, but they would have had a place to lay their head. They would have had a place to call home. Their, their, their descendants would have had a place to, to, to lay roots in and call home. And that was all taken from them. And at the end of their life, because all these people are now, you know, at the very least 85 to 95 years old in 1994, they were given $150,000. Which, in 1994, maybe that's double that, right? But you're almost, you're at the end of your life. Yeah. You know, so you get a nice little bit of change to pass on to your kids, but you were traumatized, your house was burned down, you were kicked out of your town, and you had to Could have been killed. Could have been killed. And you had to go set up roots somewhere that you would never have been before. You had to go move and never return. Lost your family heirlooms, lost pictures and and, and records and, and trinkets from- you know, your, you know, grandmother and all this, lost all that, all that history. And for that, they got nine people because everybody else succumbed, succumbed to life and fucking 80 years of time passing or whatever, and got $150,000, mm-hmm. right? But it was in a bill. So within this bill, these nine survivors got $150,000 and it also created an educational fund for their descendants. The bill also called for an investigation into the matter to clarify the events, which Moore took pl- took part in. And Moore was the guy who uh, wrote the articles that kind of re-sparked the interest in the story. Yeah. Uh, further awareness was created through John Singleton's 1997 film, Rosewood, which dramatized the events. So rest in peace, John Singleton. I'm going to have to get around to watching that. For anybody who doesn't know, John Singleton um, wrote and directed Boys in the Hood. And uh, a a whole bunch of things. He's a legendary director. He also directed and created Snowfall, which is one of the best shows on television, in my opinion. I I think it's coming back for last season, but it's a really good show that depicts um, in kind of a dramatic, dramatized way the crack epidemic in the 80s and um, that whole thing. And uh, Rosewood, I'm going to have to check that out to kind of see what that looks like depicted in in art form and and being able to see that viscerally and visually on a screen. I'm very interested in checking that out after doing this story, but that was my affirmative murder, um, the story of the Rosewood massacre. Rest in peace to everybody involved, and you know I hope that their family has um, been made whole and be given restitution, and and I hope they found peace. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into these good vibes because this was a kind of a kind of somber and <laughs> bummer of an episode. Yeah. So let's get into the good vibes. Good, good, good. that's right folks it's time for some more good vibes in your life uh you know i'm, I'm ready to just jump right in and, and and cleanse the palate after all that you know dark historical crazy race war conversation and my good vibe story this week involves a little boy who turned his incident of being bullied into a, a project that is helping a bunch of people in the best way possible okay so um story goes, if living well is the best revenge then Cavanaugh Bell may just be living his best life ever. After facing bullying at school, rather than internalizing that pain or trying to get even, the spirited seven-year-old boy decided to channel that energy into something positive instead. He said quote, "After I was bullied and I felt a darkness inside of me, oh that's creepy uh, I knew that I didn't I didn't want other kids to feel the same way I felt. Bell explained to his GoFundMe page. Boom. Mm. So I asked my mom if I could, if she could help me spread the love and positivity, and the more I gave back to my community, the more I wanted to keep doing it. Bell lives in Gaithersburg, Maryland, okay. with his mom, Lacey Simmons, and their extended family. Even before their bullying incident, the second grader, the second great Samaritan was only doing his part to give back during the COVID was already doing his part to give back during the COVID-19 pandemic. Initially funded by his own savings, Bell started started out by assembling and distributing care packages filled with food and toiletries Mm. uh, for his elderly neighbors. Over time, the popular project snowballed with contributors pouring in. He and his mom launched a food pantry staged in space staged in a space donated by a local warehouse. In the face of negativity at school, Bell's determination to remain positive only became stronger. Hoping to expand his message of compassion beyond the the confines of his own community, Bell Bell set out to find a place where residents would benefit most from his message of hope. Spurred by memories of a 2018 Mount Rushmore road trip he'd taken, with his mom that led, uh, that led them through the South Dakota's Pine Ridge Indian reservation. He knew he'd found his answer. He said again, quote, my mom explained to me that the people who lived on this reservation or explained to me the people that lived on this reservation and some didn't have what they needed to survive. Bell told the Washington post. Some of the houses didn't have electricity or running water. And it's crazy for them to be in the town leading up to Mount, uh, uh the mount rushmore they carved these faces into this mountain yeah. and, and it's like native american people are like you ride past the town that's like people are starving mm. and don't have water and stuff uh but you know i want to see that one day though mount rushmore yeah i'm good you don't want to
2: see it i just want to see it cuz you see it everywhere i just, just want just to say i've seen it sure 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 I but you good it. you like no nah. I don't want to go anywhere. They're no on. Much.
1: They're on the money. They're on. I don't the, okay. I want to go there. I wanted you to go. Yeah, let's
2: go. But you didn't say that, so I don't.
1: Go <laughs> like, I've seen George Washington. I don't want to go anywhere. I've seen his face, man. I get it. He's got the little curly bangs, and I, I got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a steady stream of of pers of in person donations as well as contributors from his GoFundMe and Amazon wish list pages, Bell and his mom have managed to amass enough essential supplies to fill a 53-foot semi-truck twice. Mm. His mom used some of the donated funds to hire a driver. She also reached out to Alice Phelps, the director of First Families. Now, and see, this is the kind of stuff you have to do when the shit is out of control. friend. You can't just be the person who controls the money. Or people start to get skeptical and they know that you're stealing the shit. You got to hire people that know what they're doing and can allocate the money properly. I can do that. You just know how to do that? Yes. Okay. Well, they hired Alice Phelps, and she- they should have hired
2: Franco Evans.
1: Yeah, all right, okay. And then the next week, it's like a uh, a uh, uh, a former U.S. Postal Service worker is has fled the country with all the proceeds from this little boy's charity. I wouldn't
2: have. I wouldn't it. took all. Of it. I would have took what was mine.
1: None of it is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I have to get
2: my feet. What do you want me to do? A
1: nonprofit humanitarian organization this is what families uh, first families now is it's a nonprofit humanitarian organization whose focus is better bettering the lives of families and children on the reservation to appease or oh, to apprise to apprise her of her son's plans. Yeah so he saw this reservation and they ended up uh, talking to Alice Phelps. Who helped them direct a lot of their uh, goods and their um, products to these people in this um, reservation that he drove through? Yeah, he believes he can save the world, and I believe him. He just carry he just carries that, you know. Well, no problem. Let's do this, you know. And he doesn't say anything as a challenge. So I love that innocence about him. Phelps told People magazine, "The first shipment that went out in July was loaded with non-perishable f- food." And cleaning supplies as well as shoes clothing and diapers with the cold weather approaching the second shipment in september also included coats and blankets it's just a blessing to help uh it's it's just a blessing to be helping people said bell whose heritage is in part native american i'm trying to make sure that they have what they need to survive because that's because that's their only land and they're like my family because they, you know, they share the same blood. Yeah. In addition to his humanitarian aid work, this is a seven-year-old. <laughs> In addition to his humanitarian aid work, Bell has also launched his own nonprofit, Cool and Dope.
2: What was I doing at seven?
1: Oh goodness. my god, man! I was just taking peanut butter and jelly fit sandwiches to the face. Also, actually, specifically, once I almost died at seven years old because I tried to house a slice of cheese pizza, and the stringy cheese. I swallowed the cheese, but it stayed connected to the pizza, mm. and then it got stuck in my throat.
2: That's what happened to me the other day.
1: Yeah, so I had to <laughs> I had to try to pull yeah, pull it, it out. Yeah, pull the cheese, but then it's just it's just pulling, but it's not getting to the chunk yet because mm. it's so it's so gooey and cheesy. Yeah, I remember this slice like it was yesterday. So it's so much cheese. I'm pulling it, and I'm trying not to cause a scene because we're at the dinner table. So I'm sitting there dying trying to.
2: Yeah, that happened to me the other day when I was trying to swallow steak.
1: hard. Oh man, you just got you just had to fight through the swallows. It hard. was the the fat. Yeah, and I was.
2: I felt it on my tongue, but it was like in, your in my throat. throat. And I was trying to spot, I was like, and yeah,
1: that I, was like, like I, I, I just yeah, get yeah, it out yeah, You get that thought where you're like, is this it?
2: Yeah.
1: I <laughs> told Steph, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you
2: gonna let me die? She was just staring at me. She was like, I was about to put my hand in your throat, but I was yeah. like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, just just just, I me. was looking
1: at you. My life was flashing before my eyes, and I saw you just sitting oh, I there. I thought that was it. Yeah, some, yeah, it it's been only a couple <laughs> times in my life where I'm like, is this it? Like you're like,
2: a steak, some steak fat yeah I was some almost, steak fat would have took, took me you out, out man. man
1: yeah no man it's been a couple times in my life where I'm like is this the dumb fucking way is this how I'm really about to go that time my house burned burned, my kitchen burned and I was like cooking some french fries no <laughs> not today wow in that cheese pizza incident I was like I'm about to die at the yeah. kitchen table with my grandmother and my mother and my uncle here I gotta look
2: all the time. my kids are this I can't be like yeah, just
1: like, yeah, yeah. I, had, like, Joss, I was like coughing on manly like ugh uh, uh-huh. Losing your life in front of your kids. Uh, no, but he started a nonprofit group called Cool and Dope, an acronym that stands for this kid is seven. He created an, a company that has an acronym. The acronym Cool and Dope stands for Considering Others, Obstacles in Life, and Dishing Out Positive Energy. Mm. I mean, goddamn. He's advanced, man. That's, God, he's on a different dang, level. That's a hell of he's, an actor. He's on uh, That's a business Elon Musk uh, type Yeah, level. yeah, He's a visionary, <laughs> bro. He's a visionary. Uh, the organization's mission is to combat bullying and spread positivity through acts of kindness. Wow. Uh, Bell says he hopes to see bullying totally eradicated by his 18th birthday, 10 years from now. Mm. While 2030 may be a decade away, with Bell's pluck and persistence, he just might reach his goal and continue to inspire others and live his best life in the process. Once more more, more life, more yeah. more cheers, more applaud. Shout out to Kavanaugh Bell. Cav, I'm going to call him Cav. Shout out to Cav, doing great things. His kid's seven. Here's a picture of him, friend, with all his goods, man. A whole semi-truck wow. full of boxes of all kind of shit for people, Wait, man. Name- is it
2: a white, white
1: kid? No, he, he's Native American. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well, at least in part. He's maybe half Native American. But yeah, Cool and Dope is his, is his project. And wow, man. Again, just to, just. So- <laughs> Acronyms are hard already, right? Yeah. He created an acronym where he used all the letters in the acronym. It's all big words. Yeah, stuff. acronym stands for Considering Others, Obstacles in Life, and Dishing Out Positive Energy. <clears throat> so shout out to Cool and Dope, shout out to Kavanaugh, and uh, uh, shout out to fucking... Where's he from in Maryland again?
2: Gate is gate, uh, Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg. Yeah, shout
1: yeah. out to Gaithersburg, Maryland. I didn't know they were giving up like that in Gaithersburg, Maryland, but look at the kind of uh, exemplary products you guys yeah. are, are, are uh, creating up there. Other than the kids that bullied him at school, but... They inspired him to go do great things. Yep. You know, so sometimes a little kick in the pants and a little negativity can bring out the best in you. Um, not that I'm advocating bullying, but I'm just saying, you know, I learned how to play the dozens really well from people talking about me. Yeah. And then you get really good at that and then they don't talk about you anymore because I got them. I got them for days, <clears throat> you know, all that before the what are those and all that shit these kids yeah. do now. I was burning kids up. <laughs> burning them up Get shut up. your fat ass up <laughs> what boy uh, your, <laughs> your shoes dusty your shirt hanging off your shoulder I can see your collarbone the they already yeah. loaded yeah, up yeah like never mind man don't uh, take it back you know never mind <laughs> your hair is all nappy oh boom I'm <laughs> firing everybody hairline receding you're only 12 oh man oh I had them flaming <laughs> people leave you alone uh, uh but yeah no shout out to him Fran it's on you
2: so my uh Affirmative. Mm. What my no, good mother? <laughs> this week <laughs> is uh, a teen entrepreneur named Daniel uh, Danielle Hawthorne. Okay, touches six figures running her own hair. Um, is it but business? Is bonnet business? Bonnet Air bonnet bonnet. Yeah, bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. The little wraps? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So today's young entrepreneur are starting um, starting on their own business business endeavors before they even make it to college. And seventeen year old Daniel Hawthorne so is though. no different. Yep. As a sophomore of Cardinal Spellman High School in New York, native Hawthorne thought of a plan to launch her own line of handmade satin. Uh, b- what is it called?
1: A bonnet. 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 <laughs> yeah. I can't,
2: I want to say bonnets for some reason.
1: Bonnet. Uh, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa. Lisa Bonet is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> a, bonet a bonnet is a thing.
2: Yeah. Handmade satin bonnet and durags called Scotch Bonnets by Danny. Okay. As a way to turn a profit and pro- and provide quality products that local beauty supplies, um. Supply stores did not. I want to promote people taking care of themselves, she um, said about her brand. Bonnets sometimes have a negative connotation, but my products and colors, by my my products and the colors I use bring a different approach. Uh So hopefully people will look at them in a more positive light. So
1: it's like fly bonnets.
2: Yeah, all the different colors and stuff. Got it, got it.
1: Um, Are these the ones, are you looking at them? Yeah. Are they the ones with the little knot on the forehead?
2: No, 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 they're like shower caps.
1: Oh, the oh, oh okay, like a classic bonnet. Yeah, 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 Like the sister in Friday when she didn't want her hair to get. Yeah, it oh, Okay, that's yeah. okay. When mom yeah, put on it. when she's going to travel yeah, don't yeah, want to get, get her hair wet. Yeah, got, yeah, it, one got of those. Okay, got
2: it. So according to Hawthorne, her brand is considered um, a family business as both her parents play a big role in helping her design her bonnets and durags. Okay. Prior oh, they in, make durags too? And durags is a big thing right now with the males. Yeah. A lot of young kids are wearing those.
1: Durags, durags have really, um I don't, and funny enough, I feel like a lot of like white dudes on twitter made it ironically funny and then black dudes are like nah man let that do-rag cape hang. i'm wearing my do-rag out yeah i always like do dudes would wear do-rags but usually like fold the the cape up yeah and maybe put a, a ball cap on over top of it now but i've seen these it's dudes, the style now it's yeah it's you like, wear
2: them you get them different colors you get them um you can time like 50 cents to have his in a knot exactly like a tail yeah you can fold them up like you just said or now they got it like you can pull them up they they pull them over the top of their head like that. Oh, I it never just heard sits of that there. One. So they're not they just got... letting the cape hang.
1: Because that was still some, in. Some, Sometimes I that's think, early two thousands. You know, it's coming yeah. back around.
2: I think the people, the people that do that are just like, oh, everybody else is doing it, so I want to do it too. But don't have no style. Yeah. So they just throw it and just let, let it the hang. Cape hang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You people put some that got style, they do all kinds of put it on sideways. Yeah. Now. It's all they tie, they tie the string, the string on the side. Now they hit, have you seen that? <laughs> nah, no, you know, the string that go yeah, around, yeah, they, tie of course. The, they tie on the side. Now let the big old things hang, the yeah. knots hang.
1: I did, I did a do rag thing one time. I remember specifically, I was like six years old. I put the grease in my hair, I brushed my hair down, I put the yeah. do rag on when I went to bed. And when I woke up, it was I was going to a Catholic school at the time, I was like in the third grade. And I woke up, I t- took that do rag off. I was appalled. I was like, I'm never doing, because my hair was just so <laughs> flat down yeah. and shiny and like stiff. Yeah,
2: you didn't have the waves popping?
1: It was, it, you know what it looked like? It looked like it looked like finger waves. You know how when black women have? Yeah. They do like the gel and it looked like that because yeah. I think I might have put too much gel in yeah, it. Yeah, you might have. So it really had like a shine to it and it was stiff. It didn't just like, my shit wasn't just like, it wasn't just swimming. Yeah. It looked, it looked like a hairdo. Yeah. I was the like, boy no.
2: I, I was actually trying to get waves. or oh, I didn't have haircuts. I was like, I'm going to just throw yeah, this well, one it. on. Yeah, well, yeah. But now it's just it's like a it's a style now. Yeah, they got all kinds of different
1: ones. You can match today. it with your shoes. And yeah, they got all kinds of different
2: ones now. Uh, so prior to the coronavirus pandemic, Hawthorne saw much success from her business since its summer 2018 launch. Beautiful. However, her business saw a um, saw a uptick in sales in the wake of quarantine when beauty supply stores were closed. Yep. After launching her personal, this was a, I think this is a brilliant idea. Uh, after launching her personal HBCU bonnet collection on Juneteenth, it completely took off.
1: That's, That's great marketing. That's great, great. marketing. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Everybody wants to support a black business. That's great. Yeah. Not, not that she's taking advantage of it, but recognizing that people want to be pro-black right now and doing yeah. like we're doing HBCU bonnets. Yep. That's genius.
2: The theme collection featured HBCU schools such as Morgan State University, Howard University, Hampton University, Florida A and M University, Clark Atlanta University, North Carolina. Um, A&T State University Spelman College and Delaware State University nice Um, so so she got um Wow. Uh, that's, that's dope. You said uh, she's in the 10th grade? She's she's 17, so she's a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's a young entrepreneur, man.
2: Yep. So, so I created this collection to bring more awareness to HBCUs and allow students from these schools to show their school spirit, she said. Mm. It made me feel good that people saw what I was doing and they didn't even know me, but they were rooting for me.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. To
2: date, Hawthorne has sold over 10,000 bonnets, reaching a, reaching a goal of over six figures mm. revenue as, uh, as a high school senior.
1: God damn. That's college. She can go to whatever HBCU she wants to. She can go to whatever HBCU she wants to go to or not, wherever yeah. she wants to go. Or just, you know, when you're, that's the thing about people don't tell you, like, business school is not for, unless you want to run a Fortune 500 company, you don't need to go to business school. Yeah. She has an idea and she has a profitable mm-hmm. business. Yes. She doesn't need to go to college, in my opinion.
2: She—that's That was saying the same thing. So
1: take that money and reinvest it in your business. Yep. And buy a business for dummies. Both. Yep. And you'll learn everything that you need to learn.
2: And then get, find some, get, add on to your, to your catalog. There you you go.
1: Exactly. That dude, Kevin Plank, I don't know if he went to college, but he started off with one Under Armour shirt. Under Armour used to be one shirt. Yeah. He mastered that. Everybody was buying Under Armour shirt. Yeah. The one shirt. Then he expanded. Yeah. She has this bonnet thing and these do rags. Nail that. Then you go to the next thing. Yeah. And keep crushing it. That's beautiful. 17? You have a six figure business? Come on.
2: Um so with a successful business under her belt she's she set her sights on transitioning from teen entrepreneur to um a revered businesswoman uh, businesswoman as she plans to pursue a business degree from a four-year uni- four-year okay. university That's her choice. That's her choice. Yeah,
1: It's a good experience. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um in addition to running her own business Hawthorne also plans to develop an organization geared toward teen and black entre- entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, my future goal is to open my own store and become a CEO of a company organization that creates event that creates events um, to promote teen entrepreneurs and black businesses. Mm. She said. However, I mean, moreover, she has dreams of working with Essence magazine in some capacity. She probably is on her way to doing that. Oh, for and sure. And also becoming an inspiration to teen business owners everywhere. She encourages all s- aspiring teen entrepreneurs not to be too hard on themselves starting out, as she told, as she too had her fair share of obstacles and she endured to get what she is today. Um, so it says you might, you might have a bunch of ex- expectations of what you want your business to be. Mm-hmm. And they may not, and they may not happen. She said you yeah. will fail, but at the end of the day, you need to use the failure to your advantage and turn it into something good in order to make, um, make you and your business successful. See, when reading that, a lot of people, um, especially now with social media, A lot of people trying to start these businesses and not and it's not being successful from the jump. Yeah, and it's like, um, I was working with a mentor that's in real estate and he was saying that uh, he was in um, real estate and he Uh was like, you can't get caught up what you see on social media because you don't know what those people have been through. Exactly. Just and just and a lot of people in real estate there, they show like I made this check, but he was like, don't get caught up in that because you don't even know how much money they spent to get that check or you know. How much money have they lost? You just you don't just ne- see the good yeah. part.
1: Don't ever base your success off the success of others. Yeah, and
2: then you and now you see all these like young rappers and stuff mm-hmm. uh, showing all this money and all this stuff, cars and everything. Yeah, but you don't you want everybody wants it so fast, yep. and it's and that's just not how it happens. And no. for me, I get caught up in that because I'm like I'm almost 29. It's like and you hear a lot of old people go. I I haven't I'm 45 or whatever I haven't, yeah, still haven't no, haven't figured it out no, yet. You're but,
1: still, we're still incredibly young. Yeah,
2: but you but you get caught up in social media and go like, damn, I want I that. Have million Why million I have it now? I it's, want it yeah, tomorrow. And no, and it's, and not, it's not how it happened.
1: Also, failure is the biggest lesson you can have. Some yes, 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 yes.
2: Uh, so she right now Hawthorne is along with her team is working on her brand's Christmas launch and expanded her product to including clothing and additional do rags for her collection there you go um and she uh, i believe she has an instagram site
1: um, oh if she does please it's say. called
2: uh scotch bonnets by danny scotch
1: bonnets so s-c-o-t-c-h
2: yep bonnets b-o-n-n-e-t-s
1: by d-a-danny d-a-n-i
2: d-a-n-i
1: scotch bonnets by danny yep wow Again, I, I mean, if she wants to go to college and get a four-year degree, I, I encourage her to go do that. It's a great experience. I'm sure she'd learn a lot of stuff. But she could take that money and invest it into her business and grow her business and do something really incredible. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people that would want to back her and, and see her become as great as she could be.
2: Yeah, man. But that's...
1: Christmas line. That's fucking Clothes. That's super dope, man. Then you do the clothes that match the bonnet. Yep. Come on. Sweatsuit yep. with the bonnet. That's ghetto fabulous, man.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, especially with people not going out a lot, it's like yeah. Just I'm chill be out in the outfit, house. i in the house anyway.
1: Get all get all the colors yeah. and whatnot. You do the onesie with the Scotch bonnet attached. Yeah, yeah. Then you could, you put the hood up on the onesie. You got the bonnet on now. Yeah. Come on, you can have that, Danny. That's free game.
3: Yeah.
2: I want to know if her parents was like having some. Have a, some type of uh, like business type of background or whatever, I, I would, but I would, at I would, maybe. that age is like I I wasn't nowhere near thinking like that. And it's a I'm different so glad, time, yeah. Bro. It's so, an amazing time. bro. I'm so glad for the, the that the, kid that young knits kids. the
1: scarves and all that. You know, I mean, we've we've done so many stories of these kids where you go, "What the fuck were we doing?" And yeah, kids are, kids opening lemonade stands and then it turns into like they are a lemonade company, like they and their lemonades in stores. Yeah, like lemonade the L's backwards. Yeah, making thousands of dollars I'm, a month. I'm,
2: I'm so happy because. Stuff like that, they're not teaching in school. So it's like, I'm glad they learn that stuff on their own. Yeah. Learning to fail, how work a business. They can work, they can have their own business work for themselves. I think it's super dope, yeah, man. man.
1: School curriculums have really become antiquated, man. Like, I really think that um, these c- cities and states really need to look at what a school curriculum is and rethink it because the world's changing. Yeah. And they're still teaching kids about like geometry over. You know, uh, business and taxes and how to open a bank account and these actual real life skills and also like how to uh, function. So I feel like kids in today, even it, like in high school, a digital marketing class should absolutely be a thing that you learn. Yeah, because you can turn yourself into a brand and make money from it. But the thing is, the curriculum so old. The teachers are a generation behind because they are learning yeah. from this old generation that they aren't even thinking about that. They go, oh, yeah, uh, David Dobrik is a guy on the Internet. He just makes money. It's like, no, there's kids that make money from getting 50,000 views yeah. on the video. It should be
2: changed. It should be able yeah. to adapt what's going on in society as, it, as real time happens. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like these kids, some of these things, I'm sorry, like they don't need to be learning anymore. Yeah. I don't know what those things are. I'm not a teacher. But there's some things that kids are walking out of these schools with diplomas and aren't ready for what the world is in 2020. Yeah. You know, these kids should be learning how to code. They should know, a kids should know how to build a website at 15 years old in 2020. That should just be a class in school. Not something you go do at a, co- a community college on your own time. That should be like second period is coding class. Yeah.
2: It should, everything should change. History class should change. Yes. We, we've
1: changed. seen that the, <laughs> the history is being told incorrectly. So curriculums in school really need to be readjusted and modernized and given a different perspective. Also, the way that kids learn is so antiquated. Like I myself was a victim of this. I'm a very visual learner. Yeah, me too. I do not work very well. Visual, hands-on. Sitting in a cold room where I'm get sleepy. And just hearing somebody dribble on about words that no passion, no hands-on things or any. I need to. I need activities. I need to be moving. I have to have the blood flowing. These ways that kids learn. Especially, I suffered from that. So these kids now that are like, boom, 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 iPad, text yeah, text yeah. messaging, duh, 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 their attention span is not set up to just slide the projector down and then this is a heliophytus. You got to take like a fucking um, economic science class and you yeah. got to learn about all the different types of leaves. Who yeah. gives a shit, Who man? Cares? If that's what you're trying to do for a living, cool. But that, some stuff these kids don't need to learn anymore. And there's so many other things that provide them opportunities outside of going to college that they aren't learning. Yeah. Like somebody needs to be a plumber. You know, somebody needs to know how to woodcraft. You know, I didn't take I didn't take uh there was no um like what is it? I don't even know what it's called I'm so fucking stupid. What, like woodworking or <laughs> what what was that class called Shit, I don't know. Like you know like put build building stuff. Yeah. yeah. You make a birdhouse, you got to put the thing in the the little you screw That's like thing. that
2: was like a um... shop.
1: Shop That's called, class. It was called
2: something else in Kenwood. It was called something like uh, engine It was called something, something
3: weird.
1: But it was probably like it was probably a track, yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. The, in the in the STEM program, yeah. where it's like if you do that, you want to go to school to be an engineer. Yeah. But what if you just want to learn how to like build a deck?
2: Like we built, like we built, like you know, how to, you know what's some trains called? Where they like it's like they it's like magnet. So when they hit a certain speed, they just thought they just float at some point. Oh shit! We made one of those, but uh-huh. it was just like a train magnet, and then we had to carve the. The track, the track, and then they put the like little plastic walls on. It. That sounds made really that. interesting. That was cool.
1: Yeah, Something like that was cool.
2: Gym, hands on. I got the ball in my hand. I can get, I can ace that all day. I don't know
1: about. I mean, Jim's gonna be. A, I mean, <laughs> these kids probably don't doing gym, but like, I'm not saying <laughs> we shouldn't be teaching kids. Like, yeah, try to become a basketball player. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> things like, you know, engineering, like you just said, yeah, or, yeah. or just any kind of trade program. There's things out there that these kids can learn how to do that. The curriculum is not set up to teach them how to do because we've been using the same curriculum for the past like 50, 60 years.
2: Yeah. I, I got to business management in high school. That's a great class. And I, but yeah, but I learned like, uh, what is it called? Um, like, you do something with the charts and it's like, it's like bookkeeping right. or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that. Like, yes. no. I
1: don't want to do that. No. These kids need to be learning like business marketing. Yes. Because social media is such a, social media is not going anywhere. Yeah. Maybe someday it'll be um, regulated and changed in ways, but social media is just a way of life. And these kids need to be learning how to use it to their advantage and also learning that you can't just say whatever you want on social media because it will follow you. If a class in school taught you that, it might stick a little better than your dad being like, hey, man, uh, watch what you say on the Internet because a job might fall. It's like, shut up, dad. Like kids don't listen to their parents. But if you had a cool young teacher that says, hey, man, listen, whenever you get out of high school and you get out of college or whatever you do. When you go do a job interview, it's 2020. They're gonna look you up on Facebook, and if they type your name into Facebook, and it's like, man, Mexican people, man, this, man, that, nudes, anything like that, it might affect your ability to get a job. So but you it's know what is about. free?
2: You can look at anytime you want. What? YouTube University, learn all kinds of shit. On
1: That's YouTube. very true. You can learn anything on doing. I learned I fixed my washing machine off of a YouTube video. <laughs> YouTube University, yes. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is great. It's just all time. It's a tutorial for anything. You want to learn how to fly a plane? You can watch a YouTube video. Yep.
2: My dad learned how to fix his car on YouTube. He's like, I just went on YouTube and typed it in. I was like,
1: wow. Yeah, Yeah, YouTube University is very (laughs) underrated. I feel like everybody uses YouTube University, but they don't want to admit that that's where they learned it. They're just like, oh, I just know. I can help you change your brake pads. How'd you learn that? You know, just life. You figure it out. You on something, watching some dude teach you how to, you know, change your brake pads. Yes, yeah, so you do just you just
2: wake up and learn how to uh, change brake pads.
1: No, somebody got to pass that <laughs> on to. Them. But everybody want to act like no, I just I just was born with this knowledge. I'm just no, I'm smart like that. I'm not that. trying to hear that. Yeah, no, YouTube University is everybody's hidden little secret. Yep. But uh, yeah, no. Um... Oh, my my recommendations before I get out of here. Uh, Fran, uh, I guess I'm not really talking to you because you don't watch anything. Also, I would love to just really one day, it might even be right now, Like, because every time I, I come on this po- I've been coming on this podcast for like three years now. Yeah. I talk about mo- movies I watch, TV mm-hmm. shows I watch, music I watch. I go, Fran, are you doing anything? No. Nope. What do you do when you go home? You had to see something. What do you do when you're at work? you listening to something. Oh, when oh, a I'm at podcast work, or something. I work? Yeah, so much stuff at work. What? Oh, you want to know what it is? I mean, what, I mean, What's your favorite thing right now? You always just like, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> I know you go home, you watch The Office or something.
2: Uh, well, I'm, While I'm at work, I listen to a multitude of podcasts. Multitude? I li- oh. Yes, I listen to... Excuse
1: uh, me, pinky out. What? Multitude. What? I'm sorry, go ahead. What What do you mean? Just said, it, was fancy, it was a fancy word, man. I listen to... So $10, uh, was a $10 word. Sorry. I listen
2: to... Um, the murder squad I do listen to that. Great,
1: Billy. Shout out to Billy Justin. I listen and to
2: Polly. uh This is Important. I mm-hmm. listen to that. Um I'll listen to a great podcast called Affirmative Murder Podcast. Oh yeah, oh, great wait. podcast. i listen to that. Um a lot of things, man. I listen to a lot of stuff. Okay. Sports podcasts. When I go home. I throw on I throw on Always Sunny. i throw on Workaholics. Strong, strong. I'll Jones. maybe watch a movie here and
1: there. Anyone recently that you've watched? Um
2: Yeah, give me two seconds. I can find it real quick. I wouldn't know by heart. Because okay. it probably wasn't all that. Um, what you tell me was now I'll let you know my.
1: Okay, well, first up, I want to say anybody who hasn't—I mean, it's probably impossible—but Borat Two is out. It was insane. You saw it? Yeah, I saw it. What, it's Amazon? on Amazon Prime. You got paid for it? No, it's 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 on Amazon. Oh shit. It was funny. Oh, it was really funny. But it also, for anybody who remembers Borat, which I don't know how you can't, Borat had a premise, and that premise was very like um. You know, reflective of the country at the time, and had some social commentary and things like that. that. That he he did that once again, but he gave it a story because he introduced. He has a daughter in this one called Tuta, okay, and she steals the show along with this woman named uh, Janice, who was this black lady. I don't want to get into it all, but it's it was such a great fucking movie. So funny, so many funny fucking bits. You know, you'd have thought I, when I heard it was the second one coming out, I went, it's probably like. We're all kind of over, like the, I'm my wife and all that. You're like, all right, man, it's a joke. It's 14 years old. Like, it's not funny anymore. They're nice. But it's not. Especially because Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius. So all that stuff is just the stuff that the character does. But the actual comment, the, the content of the movie is so deep and hilarious and shocking and and, and uncomfortable that it's not just a guy going like, uh, yes, you much. Mm-hmm. It's like way more than that. And it was so good. I love Borat 2. Everybody who hasn't seen it, if you haven't, I don't know how. So good, Fran. You should watch Borat too. It's it's so uncomfortable. Remember when like the Jackass movies came out? Yeah. And then they not the crazy nasty sketches. Yeah. But like the ones where they're like, I'm an old lady and my titty fell out. Yeah. Those that discomfort, it's like that, but with the current time in the country, mm. with people spreading around conspiracy theories and the MAGA flags, all the flags everywhere. And all, yeah. He's like talking to those people. You know, I know it, I should... and he it, it oh, no, goes it goes into the pandemic. It starts before pandemic, and then is the pandemic happens while he's filming the movie, and so he's filming a movie in the times of the pandemic. Yeah, it's incre- it's incredible. It's yeah. crazy. Did you find the movie? I'm
2: gonna check it. Oh, it was it was a uh, uh, it was uh, um old movie. It's called Del- I watched Delta Force recently.
1: Delta Force. Yeah, I don't know that. It's like it's
2: like a movie. <laughs> it's like these dudes thought they got dropped off in like a war. Uh-huh. And they was they just got dropped off in like a desert somewhere and they think they're at war, uh-huh. but they are really not. It's,
1: okay. It was it was it's kind it was of a stupid movie.
2: But it was kind of funny. Okay.
1: Kind of I funny. like a good stupid movie. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But I do want to watch that. It's another movie I want to watch called Opening Act.
1: I heard it was a funny movie. I want to watch that. Opening Act. Is that the stand-up comedy? Yeah. That's you like that? a documentary, right? I don't I, I haven't think it's seen a it. Oh, I, it's I, yeah, think it's I think it's a movie. Oh, the Steve Byrne. Yeah, I think so. Have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I, I heard like of it, it, but I haven't seen it. There's yeah. like a lot of stand-ups in that in that movie. than that.
2: I go home. Well, I have you,
1: to You have said a lot more in the last minute or two yeah. than like, no.
2: Yeah, well, I got to cuz when I go home, I got like, to like see how everybody and sure. sure. No, I then got I, that, and, and then man. I got to bu- Yeah. busy. And no. then I got to do some work. Uh-huh. I'm trying to become a millionaire. Sure. I'm trying to uh make these movies.
1: Yeah, understandable.
2: I'm try- so I, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I'm you happy know, with that. You can be
1: watching movies all the time when you're making movies. I'm
2: happy with that because it keeps my brain I like it. Keeps yeah. my brain going. Creative and flowing. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to trying to get us up in a mountain somewhere.
1: Literally or like figurative, like like figuratively yeah. in the mountains, like up high, or like literally in the mountains.
2: No, like figuratively. Okay, cool. I trying to get some mansion. I can see the you
1: living in. The, that's literally. us. Talking about us. Talking about us. Everybody. Oh, like the. Okay, I don't really got you. We'd be in the mountains. Yeah. Um, my last, <laughs> my, <laughs> my other two suggestions is there's a show on HBO Max called The Third Day. I watched two episodes of it. It's starring Jude Law. I think he was sexiest man alive in like 2002. I don't people. Jude Law kind of fell off the planet of the uh, the planet earth for a while i haven't seen him in a while but it was it was good to see him kind of he's full-on like uh dilf mode like he's like a uh like a young dad i'm sure all the ladies would love to see Jude law but it's also the most beautiful most beautifully shot thing i've ever seen in two episodes the the techniques that they're using the sound it, it's it's gorgeous but it's also creepy and weird it's on hbo max it's called the third day it's it's really good i'm only two episodes in and it could end up being terrible but if, it's, if if nothing else, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, it's so trippy and crazy looking, but the story's also crazy. And then the last thing is a Netflix show called La Revolution. Okay? It's a French film. I mean, it's a French TV show, but it's- Are you watching all these in one day? No. I, no. Like, throughout a week, I might watch two episodes of each of these things. Oh. And then if it's really good, I'll binge, like, four of, of one of them. And one day? Yeah. Damn. yeah, all yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. You know, you get, Must you, be know nice. yeah, you get, I don't have, I don't have anything to do. I have a dog <laughs> and my fiance gets home at like five 30 and she'll watch it with me or, yeah. or do art. And yeah. in that case, I'm, I can watch whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but La Revolution is on Netflix and it's about, it's a retelling of the French revolution with like monsters and it's crazy. And it's, it's dubbed, which I usually don't like. So they're speaking French in the show, but then they have like a voice coming in. That's not the person's voice, Mm -hmm. but the voice acting is really good. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times if you watch like a Korean film or, um, sometimes like Spanish films, the acting of the voice actor is terrible. Yeah. Cause you can see the person in the thing is like, ah, what are you doing? How could you, it's like, how could you do that? I'll never be able to get out of this. I'm so angry. And it's like, oh, well, I can't really focus on this. This is making the acting look bad. Yeah. This acting in this show, La Revolution, is so good. The voice acting. So you forget that it's dubbed even because they're doing such a good job. Mm. So those are my three suggestions: great, really good, uh, Borat, crazy. The Third Day is a TV show on HBO Max, and La Revolucion is on Netflix. Just a couple of suggestions for me. Yeah, Fran, has some suggestions. About I want. Pop-
2: I, I want to watch Dexter again now. I'm start, I'm about to restart Dexter.
1: I heard it ends bad, so I never really. But they're coming
2: out another season. So I do want to watch it all the way. Catch up.
1: Then. It's like eight seasons, right?
2: I think it's like a. I think it's like a tenth one coming out. Oh, like the newest shoot. one. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I watched that first season with Ice Cream Killer, Ice Cream Man Killer or whatever.
2: I got deep in it, then I just stopped watching it.
1: I only watched that first season because somebody told me, yeah, it ends bad. And I was like, uh, I don't really like when stuff ends bad. And then I know. But maybe I'll check that out, too. Um, yeah. And you said, what did you say? Th- this is, what is this? Normal? Uh, this life? Would you say? One of the podcasts you said? What are you talking about? When you were doing podcast suggestions, you said Murder Squad. You said Us, of course. Yeah. Um. You said something like uh, this: Normal Life. This is important. This is important. Okay. Yeah. This is important. That Couple. is.
2: That's from the guys from Rogalics.
1: Oh. Okay. Cool. Adam, oh.
2: Adam Devine and Blake and
1: Got Kyle it. and all of them. Hilarious. All of oh, it. I love them. <laughs> they are fucking funny, man. Okay.
2: Adam Devine is.
1: See, this is what when I'm asking you I'm what sorry, you watch, you're like yeah. nothing, right? and then now you're like glowing. You just started. Go ahead, continue. You're like yeah, beaming. but no like, I'm saying, Adam Devine. I can the, see all your teeth right now. How he
2: is? How he is? I feel like that's how he is in life. as a person. Yeah, sure. Dude, this goddamn hilarious, yeah.
1: man. If you ever seen work a I mean, um, Workout. um, Broad Broad City is another show. There's a girl named Alana in that show. Both of them, Abby and Alana. I will watch an interview of Alana. and I'm like, oh, that's not just like a character. Like, that's just how you, you are. Yeah. I think I Adam <laughs> Devine is like that. When yeah. you, you know, all the the hand gestures and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the way I just saw all your teeth when Sorry. you got all excited, I'm like, <laughs> when I ask you, what are you watching? Because I'm, I'm not watching.
2: Because I'm not watching anything. I feel like other listeners go i'm watching it too
1: but they, you might turn them on to it
2: i guess
1: that's, that's the reason i'm asking yeah. you turn sorry. me on to it I'm now I see uh what's it one more time the normal what this is this, this is, is important. important yeah i'm gonna check that out now yeah
2: do you watch 90 day fiance i've
1: that? watched 90 day because of because of ed oh the yeah. ed saga i just was following up with because it was yeah. so insane yeah, yeah um but i don't watch it typically but i, I hear that. things I hear, I hear good things about it yeah uh yeah so yeah no that's it for this episode of affirmative murder get this music out of here that's it for this episode of affirmative murder i've been alvin williams joined as always by my partner in true crime francell evans and we'll see you guys next week deuces